Welcome back to another edition of the Keisha Covered podcast brought to you by Capital Federal, our partner here with Keisha Covered. And once again, this is Brent Maycock, Mac Moore, Scott Pask, and Ricky Peterson coming to you with a recap of some high school sports and a look ahead to uh, some more state championships. We are right in the in the heart, I would say, of championship season. Our last podcast, we recapped uh, state tennis and state golf and all the champions there. And since that time, we've had a had another state championship occur and are looking forward to two more coming up on a chilly weekend uh, this weekend across Kansas and a, and a wet weekend. So Mac and I are going to have a lot of fun at state cross country, uh, dodging rain and, and staying warm doing that. But first, we'll look back at uh, the championship that was held last weekend. Uh, state gymnastics was held down in Newton and Mac you got to take it in down there Um, what did you see Uh, a lot of the familiar faces uh, having success down there in Newton yeah we had Olathe North end up running it back for the third year in a row and you add in uh, Olathe Northwest uh, Emmy Keller ends up running it back as the all-around champion so Definitely some familiar faces that we've seen. I think it was pretty interesting, it, both the, in the team race and in the individual race for the all-around crown. Uh, it was a uh, sort of victory lap, uh, a pretty sizable victories for each of those, where last year uh, they were definitely much closer, had to pull out uh, you know, a, a close finish, uh, last year, even, uh, Olathe North went in, uh, actually not as the top seed. That was Olathe West. Cause they had traded victories throughout the year. Uh, this year it was all Olathe North won every meet from beginning to end. And they, they carried that over, uh, into state and had some, uh, you know, top performances. And, uh, you know, as I wrote in my article, save the best for last, uh, Olathe North scored 109.050 uh, points, more than four points higher than state runner-up Lawrence. And uh, in addition to completing the three-peat, uh, Eagles end up getting three competitors who are uh, on the medal stand in the all-around uh, a, a group there with two seniors, Hannah Jensen, uh, Lindsey Ray, and then junior Greer Moyer. Uh, that was, uh, you know, just great to see them get to have that finish and, uh, particularly Lindsey Ray, who ends up finishing runner up to Keller, uh, in the all around, uh, she ends up, uh, winning two of the events, which was, uh, pretty great for her. Um, she got to finish off, uh, with, uh, getting uh beam uh a 9.600 uh actually edged out teammate uh Grim Moyer uh and then in the floor uh Ray scores a 9.775 uh to to win that one and edge out uh Keller uh and you know if you don't know how the process works for uh for, for finishing state in the rotation they have uh the top team coming in and this year it was olathe north last year it was actually olathe west uh they had traded victories with olathe north uh so 
the year before that, it was always the North. But, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, Ella Margheim, you know, I, I wrote about her getting to f- close out state with her floor performance as she uh, clinches each of the gold medals uh, in that event. Uh, and then last year, it ends up being Keller that wins, but uh, in a really cool moment. Uh, Latha West senior Alexis Purdy got to be the one who closed out the event uh, for floor. And, you know, it was just a great moment and all the, uh, you know, athletes get to cheer for her because, uh, you know, when they get to floor at the very end, they've finished off uh, the other uh, three st- uh, events in that rotation. Um, so everybody's watching and everybody is just, you know, in that moment, uh, and to, to see Ray get to have that moment, uh, it was just, it's like, you couldn't script it better, even though this is kind of just, uh, put together by, you know, the rules of who's uh, seated number one. And, you know, it just kind of worked out to have another great ending of, uh, Ray getting to finish second. Uh, and it's something that, you know, was really big for her because, uh, it was, uh, you know, her, her sister Kylie, uh, you know, went through a Latha North, uh, a few years ago as a senior in 2020, uh, and, and Lindsay gets to replicate her older sister's, uh, feat of, of not only reaching the medal stand, uh, but getting a runner up finish, uh, and actually, you know, not only gets that final moment on, on floor and, and then gets the gold in it. Uh, but it, the, those two gold medals, uh, it, her s- sister, uh, actually medaled in all the events that year, but none of them were first place. So, uh, really big moment for her. And then, uh, you know, as you start moving down through the rest of that Olathe North team, uh, you know, uh, Hannah Jensen as a, a, a senior, uh, getting to, to finish out and, and have, uh, a, a, a great state performance and, and uh, she returned to the medal stand uh, after missing it last year. Uh, she took six in the all around this year, uh, had a state runner up finish in bars uh, for uh, fourth and beam sixth and floor. Uh, so she gets to, you know, have this great moment after last year. Uh, having a, a little bit of a, a down year performance at state while having a great regular season. Uh, and then you look at Moyer, uh, who comes back and, and medals for the second straight year uh, is a junior. So she'll be one of the competitors coming back and trying to defend uh, that that state championship for Olathe North that try to keep that streak going and see if she can turn it into a four-peat for the Eagles. Uh, Moyer finishes third in the all around she also took fourth on floor uh eighth in vault uh so she gotta walk away with uh a a few extra medals there and then nearly had another one um she just barely as i mentioned just barely missed out on that first place finish in beam so three of four medals or, or four of five uh she had an amazing performance and we'll be back for that team going forward. Uh, really great. And, and part of what pushed them over the top was freshman Olivia Noteboom comes in. Uh, she ends up, uh, you know, being the, the, the fourth all around performer for the Eagles. And uh, she just barely missed out on getting an all around medal. Uh, she finishes in eighth place and, 
actually missed out on uh, three of the four events uh, getting up on the medal stand. Uh, she finished seventh in bars and floor, uh, took ninth in beam. Uh, her lowest finish was 13th in vault. So as a freshman, I mean, that's an amazing performance. And we'll be right back there with, with uh, Moyer. And then uh, Amira Allen will be back for her senior year. Uh, so they got some people and they'll need, you know, a, a few more if they want to defend it, but, uh, still a, a solid group that the Olathe North is bringing back after already having, you know, three of the best years in, in, in team history for that gymnastics program. And then, uh, looking at, you know, Keller's finish, it, you know, she came in and w- really wanted to get that not just all around she wanted first in everything and she came close but uh you know ultimately uh wasn't able to to close it out in 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 the other events except uh for Uh, winning in bars which she was kind of in her own field at that point the only competitor to to receive a nine or higher for bars and we knew that going in there weren't a lot of competitors who had consistently even got above 8.5 throughout the year uh keller was very consistently in that range and had uh a lot of the times made it to to above a a 9.0 score uh so you know she she had that one on lock and then you know it's to have walked away a little disappointed that she didn't just you know sweep uh, the way that Margheim did uh, a couple years ago for Olathe North, uh, you know, it, she was pretty close though. Uh, delivered a nine point seven five zero in Florida, fraction of a point off uh, behind Ray. There had nine point seven zero zero in Vault, and la- last year Vault uh, was where uh, kind of knew that she had kind of distanced herself from Alexis Purdy to 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 hold on to that uh, all around first place. Uh, this year just missed on that, had to finish runner up, uh, ends up taking third and beam 9.475. Uh, the Olathe North crew just came in and their whole team performed so well on that. You look at it and you look that, you know, uh, she, she told me this last year when she had won all around as a sophomore and she, she was talking about being ahead of schedule, basically, uh, surprised that she'd won it you know, so early, so young, uh, and she comes back, she wins it again. And honestly, it's frightening to think how good she could be by this time next year, trying to go and win her third straight and see if she can finally get that last thing, which is to be perfect, to get four events gold, to get the all around, walk away with five gold medals. That's her goal. And it'll be interesting to see if she can get there. Uh, and then you look, uh, at some of the other top teams, uh, one uh, that uh, stood out, Lawrence getting uh, the state runner-up finish, and that's under the, the first year uh, of new head coach Alexis Gonzalez, who uh, is head coach of both the Lawrence and the Lawrence Free State programs. Free State had been uh, a, a top contender uh, over the last you know four years, uh, and, and they'd kept themselves in that title race, uh, throughout, uh, Lawrence, it's been a little while, but they get that, that runner up finish and they get themselves, uh, back in that group led by Mira Kingery, who finished fifth in the all around. Uh, she also got, 
uh, two other medals, a, a fifth in vault and a sixth in beam. Uh, another one who was a little sad to see her be a little disappointed. She she want she wanted higher scores. She was hoping for a couple more medals, uh, and and that didn't quite happen. Even though you know it was a really great moment, she performed so well and and helped this team uh, bring home a team trophy. Uh, but. Uh, you know, she, she felt a little disappointed finishing her senior year that way, but I assume it didn't take long afterwards. You know, she's going to look back on that and see uh, a great performance that she had and, and that her team had. And, uh, you know, looking at uh, Shawnee Mission Northwest, they get third uh, as a team. That's the second time they've done that in the last three years, uh, led by a lot of the same group that was there. Uh, as sophomores and now they're the, the large senior contingent that gets to finish out uh, with with this strong finish uh, uh, top one for them uh, senior Kaya Givner uh, she ends up uh, earning a, a spot as a, a fourth place finisher uh, in the all-around and, and uh, she also actually takes home a, a gold medal uh, with her performance in vault, uh, scored a 9.750 uh, on her final attempt. Uh, and, you know, she went crazy and she got to go crazy twice, of, you know, celebrating with her teammates. And then uh, a second later as they, they show that score and, and, and see that it was just a tad higher than what uh, Keller had gotten uh, earlier in the day. Uh, you know, it's a great moment and, and, and great finish there for that group of Shawnee Mission Northwest uh, seniors, which uh, included uh, Lindsey Sinclair and, and Chloe Carter. And so they, they did an amazing job. And then, but yeah, that's, that's most of the group there. That's a, a lot of really talented performers and a great uh, time out at State and Newton and, 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 and before the, f- uh, state kicked off at a little festivities uh, celebrating Newton's uh, Joanne Thaw uh, ret- celebrated uh, for her retirement. Uh, she's finished 50 years as the coach for Newton Gymnastics, uh, which is just a, a crazy accomplishment. Uh, and, and, you know, seeing her career and, and, uh, one that started out job she took because her husband got the job there as, uh, the, the Newton wrestling coach. Uh, and, uh, you know, she, she was an unpaid assistant originally, uh, when the job opened up, she wasn't even sure if she had the the time to do it as she was raising, uh, kids at, at that point. And, and, uh, you know, eventually she's uh, not only made it through as head coach uh, for for a long time, uh, she ends up getting coached through uh, to coaching her grandchildren on the team. So, uh, you know, really, really cool stuff there. And, and uh, you know, she retires and uh, her and her husband's name are on, uh, you know, one of the uh, training facilities there for the athletics program in Newton. So, uh, just really cool story and, and, you know, uh, really, uh, fun meet out, uh, at Newton high school. 
All right, and that was Mac uh, recapping our state gymnastics championships. Uh, congratulations to the champions down there in Newton this year, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing what the what they can bring back and do again next year. But now we'll turn our attention to the upcoming state championships this weekend. We have state volleyball, which will be held across the state on Friday and Saturday, and state cross country, which will be held in Rimrock Farm in Lawrence and Wamigo Country Club on Saturday. But first, we'll take a look at state volleyball. Uh, Class 6A and Class 5A are both at the Salina Tony's Pizza Event Center. Scott will be out there handling in that coverage uh he got he got cross country last year and so we'll give him volleyball this year so he doesn't have to to run all over the muddy muddy terrain there at Wamigo this year chasing down all those athletes uh that'll be on my, on my shoulders but in uh, class 6a at state volleyball your qu- state qualifiers were blue valley north as the number one seed at 34 and 3 mill valley the second seed at 32 and 5 olathe northwest three seed 31 and 5 uh, fourth seed is Blue Valley West at 29 and 9. Fifth seed is your defending champion, Washburn Rural at 28 and 10. Sixth seed, Garden City, 25 and 13. Seventh seed, Manhattan, 23 and 14. And your eighth seed is Mays at 19 and 18. And looking at this field, a lot of familiar faces when you talk about Washburn Rural being the defending champion. Uh, Blue Valley North, a champion two years ago. They, they didn't make it out of pool play last year. Uh, Mill Valley... Um, was there last year. Olathe North has been a multi-time champion. They missed out last year, knocked off by Blue Valley North in the substate. And Blue Valley West, a, a recent champion as well and a perennial power uh, in Class 6A. And looking at that 6A field, obviously I think Blue Valley North is the team that jumps out. Mac, you wrote about them earlier this year when they were on just a tremendous roll to start the season. They've had a few hiccups since, but they still kind of look like the team to beat out there in 6A. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it just comes down to not having really any holes on the roster in addition to having uh, some really top talent uh, there with uh, Janelle Green, uh, Jenny McClure, and, and, and can never fail to mention Logan Parks. Those three uh, just bring so much skill and talent to, to this team. And then when you start looking down the, the rest of the roster, uh, there's just no spot, no part of the rotation where, uh, they ever give up, you know, anything. They're just, uh, a lot of depth. And then, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see some teams that kind of rely on one or two, uh, girls to, uh, be the ones who lead them in, in, in kills and, and, you know, if they're not getting the kills, you can start to fall, uh, you know, fall out of matches. Uh, this one, that's not quite where they're at. I mean, it is led by by Green and Parks uh, uh, with those kill numbers that they both have. But honestly, everybody uh, uh, on that team is a killer. They they know when to, uh, you know, uh, go f- go for uh, the shot and, and step in for, for Green and Parks. They know when uh, to, you know, don't go for the set, just tip it on over and, and, and steal some points. Uh, that whole group uh, is so talented that I think Blue Valley North, uh, you know, definitely there's a reason that they're the number one seed. And even with those three losses coming towards the end of the year, uh, I expect them to uh, be really tough for, for anybody to try to uh, beat here. But of course you look at the other teams and there's just so many, 
you know, talented teams. And, and you mentioned uh, all these teams that are back. The From my area, the biggest newcomer is Mill Valley, but that's two straight. They had their best finish last year. They're uh, just a, a really talented team that uh, has got some pretty good victories over some of the top teams. Then, you know, Blue Valley West uh, just, you know, lives at state. Uh, and then maybe the one of the better stories is actually uh, Olathe Northwest, uh, you know, as that three seed with with Skylar P- Pierce and uh, Jillian Huckabee leading the way. Uh, and those are, uh, you know, two really great players. And also they have a little extra to play for because uh, they're seniors that have played together on the basketball team. Uh, but Skylar is going to end up uh, transferring at semester to Nebraska you know, get started on her volleyball career uh, a semester early. So they kind of already had their, like, uh, Pierce having her uh, senior season for basketball was really last year when they made it to state uh, and made that run. So uh, now volleyball, which is, you know, both of their uh, sport where they're going to play, you know, the D1 level, Pierce, uh, you know, at Nebraska and and Huckabee uh, at uh, Florida International, I believe, uh, those two want to go out on a good note. And after having missed state last year, uh, they have a lot to prove. So just making it now is, you know, not good enough for them They're They want to go state championship or bust. So a uh, lot of really talented teams from my area and they make it difficult, but no doubt, uh, blue Valley North, the, the front runner from, uh, the, the teams in my area and, probably from 6A overall. Of course, hard to say when you have, you know, a reigning champ that makes it back from, from Brent's area. Yeah, Washburn Rural back again after winning the state title. Uh, you know, they were the favorite two years ago, went into the very last day of the tournament undefeated, and then uh, lost not only in the semifinals but in the third-place match. Came back last year with a chip on their shoulder, and after losing a match early in the season, just was the most dominant team in the state last year with the most dominant player in the state last year in Brooklyn DeLay, who's now – uh, an absolute stud in college level. She's been, I think, three-time player of the week in the SEC already this season as a true freshman. So uh, you lose somebody like that, that's a that's a big hole. And, and uh, they don't really have that one go-to player kind of like Brooklyn was. And, and really, you know, Brooklyn also kind of overshadowed Taylor Russell a little bit, who was their number two hitter last year. Uh, you know, she's gone too. And so that that leaves, uh, you know, some new faces, uh, some some veteran faces, Jada Ingram, their middle hitter, and Zoe Canfield, their four-year starter at setter, uh, both very good players and and have them rolling again. You know, Zoe missed about the first month of the season recovering from an ACL injury she suffered in basketball last year. And, and Rural played a really tough schedule early, and without her there, they, they kind of went through some bumps and bruises. They were under 500 there for a while. But it allowed a lot of their younger players and role players to really kind of grow up a little bit too. And now that they've got Canfield back and with Ingram uh, bolster in the middle and Layla Collins on the outside, Washburn Rural's playing probably its best volleyball of the year at this point in the season. Uh, They've been on a pretty good roll here as of late. Uh, The only loss they've had here recently came to Seaman, um, which is a 5A state qualifier. So I think Rural will have something to say before it's all said and done. I don't know that they quite have the firepower of past couple years to really make um, a serious run at the title this year, but I would never underestimate a Kevin Bordewick coach team. He always has his team rise to the to the occasion in the postseason. Uh, we've seen it in state basketball over the years where they've gone in a little bit of underdogs and come out with state championships. And I think uh, 
we've seen it in volleyball in past years when they've won a state title before. I know, I know one year they, they had 10 losses going in the state tournament and, uh, and, and they, they ended up winning the state title that year. So, uh, Dever definitely count out Washburn rural as the defending champs. And, and, uh, you know, they, I think they feel like they've got something to prove. Uh, we have our state volleyball storylines. That'll be up on our website later this afternoon. I wrote a little bit about them just kind of going back, feeling like nobody, nobody thinks they can win it. Uh, I Bordwick, when we were talking at Substate, he said there was a, a poll online, whether it was on Facebook or Twitter or something, uh, about which defending champion has is most likely to repeat, and Rural got no votes in the poll. So uh, they've kind of used that as a little bit of motivating factor. And so I think, you know, I think, I think they'll be in the, in the mix, but I, I really like Blue Valley North and, and Olathe Northwest in particular. I think those two teams uh, just are so top heavy loaded with talent. Skyler, you mentioned Skylar Pierce going to the University of Nebraska. If you're going to the University of Nebraska, you're, you're, uh, you're a force to be reckoned with. And so um, I think uh, 6A will be interesting. I'm not sure who the dark horse in the field might be. Anybody g- g- have somebody we haven't talked about that they think might be able to step up and maybe make some noise this weekend i don't know about dark horse but i will say uh, garden city um you know they they had a great stretch where they made like six tournaments in a row from 2015 to 2020 uh, then they missed the tournament the last couple of years i know it was important for trista bailey uh coach of the buffaloes to get that program back into state and uh, they picked up a, a really good win uh against uh, hayesville campus on their on their home court um uh, the player to watch for them is a, a junior named Piper Harris. She's been an impact player since she was a freshman for them and just a really, really standout, standout uh, outside hitter for them. So, um, you know, I think it'll be tough for them to contend for a title, but I, I think they can also, you know, make their presence felt a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Garden City uh, had a, has had a nice season. So has Manhattan kind of had a, a little rebound season. And Mays, uh, first-year head coach down there, Camille Hubert, uh, they've had a nice season. And, you know, Mays is one of those towns uh, that's produced a couple of state qualifiers. Uh, Andover's another one. Beloit's another one. You know, some of these places where they have two schools in their in their district or in right there in their town, uh, they've produced a couple. And so that kind of leads us into the Class 5A state tournament, which will also be held out at Tony's Pizza event center uh, 5a will actually have the morning session 6a will have the afternoon session so uh, when you look at the class 5a state tournament a lot of familiar faces here when you look at this tournament andover central is the number one seed at 38 and one overall uh, they were there a year ago may south was there a year ago 35 and three is the number two seed st james academy all they've done is played in every state championship match except for two since the program became came in existence uh, several years ago. So they're the third seed at 32-4. and four. They were run, state runner-up last year. Seaman, they've been fourth the last two years at state. They're the fourth seed at 33-6. and six. Spring Hill's been a, a regular state com- competitor, 31-8, 5-seed. Lansing, this is like their ninth straight trip. Uh, Julie Slater comes back, a uh, longtime coach retired now she's back out of retirement for this season six seed at 28 and 8 st thomas aquinas last year's defending state champion they're 27 and 8 in the seven seed and then andover the newcomer of the group 29 and 9 and they're the number eight seed and scott uh we just mentioned that andover's had had a couple state qualifiers mays has a couple state qualifiers and uh andover central just had a really a phenomenal year this year and earning the number one overall seed yeah, they're they're making their second straight trip after going last year. Going last year, as you mentioned, and, and thirty-eight and one, and a, and a real key to that has been their performance uh, in, in tight matches. They're nine and one in three set matches. 
that includes three uh, three victories over Andover, which uh, you know your crosstown rival, and that's who who Andover Central will open uh, uh, pool play with on Friday in Salina and. And, uh, you know, just wondered if that would be, you know, if, if you can't get up for state, we'll maybe playing your, your arch rival right out of the gate at 930 while everybody's coffee settling in. We'll, we'll, we'll get the blood flowing. But I, 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 don't, I don't fear any uh, uh, issues. Andover Central's body of work this year has actually kept them on the other side, of, you know, from in the other pool away from last year's two finalists, uh, St. James and, and uh, Aquinas. And, you know, is that something they can take advantage of? They're, they're certainly, as you mentioned, you know, with Seaman in, in their pool, it's, it's not going to be easy. And Andover is not going to be an easy eight seed for Central. Uh, those, those teams played three, three setters this year. Two of them went to, went past 25 points. And, and uh, so, you know, the challenge is out there, but Andover Central has an outstanding uh, team, a great senior leader in Hayden Snodgrass, who's a, an outstanding two, two sport athlete, a basketball standout as well. And, and uh, coach Kayla Weider, uh, after some losses with uh, Valley Paulson and then Maddie Amek before last year, uh, this year switches from a five-one rotation to a six-two, and that's that's moved Snodgrass into more of a hitting role, less of a setting role, where she really ran the show last year, and and uh, Wider has given her credit for for taking on that new role and and uh, still still being an effective leader, just not being the the total showrunner that she was last year. So, uh, you know, Central's. Uh, at 38-1, they've, they've got a lot of spoils that go with that record. And, and uh, so we'll see if they can get through. They, they've never made it to day two uh, of, of the state tournament in, in, in 5A. They've done it in 4A. But, uh, uh, you know, Weider says this is a tougher this is a tougher class. This will be a tougher one to get through. And, and uh, we'll see if, if they can get off to a good start, uh, you know, against their arch rival. Uh, May South, from, from down here in the Wichita area, you mentioned May South. Uh, three Division One uh, signees on that team, and and they're a season team, and they've gone. I think this is their sixth straight year, and and uh, uh, won the Arc Valley uh, Chisholm Trail Division One title this year. They're looking to kind of break through that that uh, glass ceiling that's that's kept them uh, or limited them to. I think they they finished fourth a few years ago, but have had a hard time breaking through otherwise. So um, again, it's it's one of those sports where the Wichita area has kind of had to fight to 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 break through. Uh, you know, May South soccer team, boys soccer team did it last year and finally broke through in 5A. And, and we'll see if the if the Mavericks can do it uh, uh, in in girls volleyball here. Yeah, I remember, you know, in, in match play and in, in PGA Tour, that was uh, when the match play tournament was going on. They always talked about the death pool, about these these pools that were just ended up ab- being absolutely loaded based off of based off seedings and rankings and stuff like that. Well, we have that here in, in Class 5A this year, that that pool. Uh, Pool B is just absolutely killer when you talk about St. James, Aquinas, May South, and Lansing all in the same pool at, at state. That's a that's a Final Four almost every year. Uh, if you if you would look at this state tournament with uh, based on what those powerhouse teams have done, you know St. James and St. Thomas Aquinas, two of the most storied pro- volleyball programs in the state. Uh, they always go back and forth. They've beaten each other this year. Uh, St. James has held the upper hand more times than not. But May South, I, I think they. they they're a team that, if it wasn't for St. James and St. Thomas Aquinas, I would have them maybe as the favorite in this in this thing. I think they are just absolutely loaded uh, with all the returning players, and then they got to transfer Ashley Singate from Eureka, who's just a overall absolute stud athlete. And then Lansing, you know, they were state champions 
uh, two years ago. They ended the uh, the private school stranglehold on the Class 5A state title when they broke through and won a couple years ago. And and uh, you know they they've had this is their second different coach in in two years since that. Uh, Jason Jones coached last year and then he left right before the season started. Julie Slater stepped in and you know all she's done is won a thousand matches over a thousand matches in her career a thousand seventy one I believe if if I if I remember correctly. And so that pool is just absolute beast. But you look at it and and as good as Lansing and as good as May South are, Mac is it is it hard to picture anybody besides St. James and St. Thomas Aquinas coming out of that pool just based on their history at state tournament? I mean, it it just it has to be looking at just the the way that they play at that level and the the talent that they clearly have this year. Uh, you know, looking at Aquinas first, uh, you know, Tatum Grimes and Aaliyah Goolsby uh as as two players that just rack up kills for them getting set up uh by uh Kelsey Schneck who uh you know has quite a few state championships just from basketball uh, and, and is starting to add up, uh, some for, for volleyball as well. So, uh, you know, going into this one, that's a, a, a team that, you know, they are very talented and then, you know, they have players that are willing to do the dirty work. You look at, uh, senior Sophia Bond at Libero, uh, you know, she's one that, you know, just energizes the team with, uh, the, the way she'll throw herself on the floor to, to, to keep a play alive, uh, and you know, you, you, you look the way I was talking about blue Valley North of just being a, a lot of depth, uh, Aquinas definitely, uh, you know, has depth in, in spades there. So, uh, very much going to be hard to, uh, you know, pick against a team that, uh, has won, uh, you know, uh, I think it's the three of the last four, uh, five A state championships. They got that one blip being the Lansing in 2021, uh, you know, Aquinas right now has really put it together. And if there's any team that, you know, I would say could beat them is, uh, the St. James, which as you mentioned that just, it still baffles my mind hearing, uh, the, the state finals appearance run that they've had that just, it doesn't make sense that you could do that for that long uh, and be able to make it through. Volleyball is so difficult with the way pool play works and then to get to the semifinals and then to, to get yourself into the finals. And for the uh, one of the two, the, the two blips, the one being the first season in 2007, and then for 2020, the COVID year where they uh, changed the, the way the bracket worked, for those to be the only times, uh, very hard to imagine St. James not at least make it into the semifinals and then, you know, history tells you a good chance of making it into that finals and it definitely can do it with the group that they have. Uh, a three-headed monster uh, at the net with uh, Leah Robinson and uh, Ava Spacek uh, along with, uh, Julia Headley, uh, those three are so good and they are that much better with, uh, Reese Messer, uh, as their setter. So that's a group that is crazy good. And that's to say nothing of, I, I mentioned for Aquinas having, uh, Sophia Bond do the, the, the dirty work. Well, St. James has like three of those types of players, uh, that, you know, the, right now the top one is, is, is Maya Bolton, but, uh, you know, they are, have so much depth at that position, uh, that they just 
keep the ball in play so much and make it easier for uh, you know Reese Messer to uh, get more opportunities to to set up that three headed monster to to get kills. So uh, that team is uh, extremely talented. And when you look at the the wins that they have this year, you know a lot against uh, you know Kansas opponents, but they had one where it was uh, a nationally ranked team that they went down to Texas to face uh, early in October uh, and they got the victory in that one. Uh, so this team can beat elite talent in the country, forget just in the state. So very hard to imagine that St. James won't find a way to get themselves into the finals one more time. Yeah, definitely. Certainly hungry after losing to Aquinas in a great three-setter last year. And the final set was a 25-23 uh, match. Could have gone either way. So St. James, you know, they, they haven't won a title for a few years. You know, it's been almost five years now since they've won a state championship. So they've got to be hungry. They returned almost everybody off last year's state team. I think they lost a couple players, but pretty much all their main contributors from a year ago were back this year. St. James definitely looks like the favorite in Class 5A and... Uh, and but you know I, I think that pool is just going to be such a grind. It's going to be a um, huge mental battle. Who can who can survive uh, just the just whatever it's going to be? Because there's going to be some tough matches. I May South is going to going to push both of those schools, and I think they're the if you want to call them a dark horse. I think they're the dark horse to come out and get things done. Uh, another team that's very veteran is Seaman from my area. Um, you know, they've been fourth at state last two years. They only lost one player off last year's team. That was their libero, Laney Brown. They bring everybody back and they just have so many weapons. They, Megan Mills is the reigning United Kansas conference player of the year and is just a beast, uh, hitter outside as a junior, but she's one of five, six footers that they throw at the net, um, on any, on any given any given uh, attack, and then Taylor Stallbomber isn't six foot, but jumps like a six footer. She's a a, a state caliber hurdler, and and uh, really has a lot of leaps to her. She doubles as a setter and outside hitter. They just they just have so many weapons, and if they if they come and they put it all together, they're a team that that could maybe shock some people. I think uh, you know they they've got all the pieces there in place this year to to really make a run. Uh, they they can they. I like their pool set up. Uh, you know, they've split with Spring Hill this season, um, but they've got Andover Central in their pool. But Seaman plays a really tough schedule all season long, and almost all their losses are to teams that are at the state tournament, either in 6A or 5A or 4A or 3A. Um, I mean, their their midseason tournament was ridiculously good. It had Spring Hill. It had uh, Heritage Christian. It had Silver Lake. I mean, it, it was just a list of who's, who's qualifying for a state tournament. It was almost like a, a pre-state mixer if you will and uh and it was just loaded loaded with te- with, with great teams out there and so you know i think they're a team that could maybe do some damage in class 5a and so that's your class 5a field uh class 4a and class 3a will be down at hutchinson sports arena uh class 3a will have the morning session class 4a will have the evening session and taking a look there uh, one of the one of the nicer stories in the state this year is clearwater's team uh they've had a tremendous season they're 35 and 3 is the number one seed circle is 33 and 5 they're the number two seed mcpherson 29 and 9 the three seed Eudora 23 and 8, the four seed. 
seed. Andale, 27 and 10, the five seed. They were runner up a year ago. Lewisburg, 24 and 14, perennial uh, contender in Class 4A. Holton, the seven seed at 25 and 15, maybe the surprise team of the tournament. And then eight, at the eight seed is Bishop Miege at 19 and 17. And we'll call them the eight seed and in, in seed only by record because I think. Everybody goes down there expecting them to be the team to beat. Uh, they were the state champions last year. They're the program in the state that has the most state championships of any other program in the state. Um, and, you know, Miege, 19 and 17. We know all those losses are quality losses just from the league they play in MAC. And it looks like they have the pieces to, uh, to win another state championship again this year. Yeah. And just. Uh, another one that, you know, for one, uh, you know, little moment, uh, they end up not winning in 2021, uh, you know, have a stretch of, uh, just one championship in three years, which at Bishop Miege is, uh, an anomaly. And, uh, who do they get? But they get the coach that led Lansing to that 21, uh, title, uh, you, you, like crazy to have be able to have that, uh, you know, just, they were already, a great team and they get a, a coach that comes in and, and, and gets them, uh, firing, uh, you know, on all cylinders and, you know, Ava Martin as a, a the senior setter, uh, has been amazing, uh, this year. And Lauren Lopez as a, as a, as one of the hitters, uh, you know, those two, uh, have, have been a crazy good, uh, combination. And, you know, you, you look and, and Lopez had, uh, missed a, a decent section uh, of the season. Uh, so when you have that entire group back together, you add in Kirsten Verholst, uh, Gabby Anderson, uh, if Lopez at full strength and, you know, that, that record, you know, you said throw it out, uh, throw it out even more because uh, with her on the team, they are that much better. Uh, and And I can, you know, just looking at them, I wouldn't, wouldn't even dare to 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 say that they're not the, the favorite just because they have they're coming in with that eight seed, uh, but you know looking at a couple of my teams and 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 you'd mentioned the uh, you know uh, another team being a surprise I'd put Eudora as a as a surprise making it in just being able to get that victory over Baldwin uh, in their sub-state final. That was a, a huge victory uh, for a team that's playing under first-year head coach uh, Brooke Hopper. And, you know, they, they win it. And not only did they win it, they swept Baldwin. Uh, and and to be able to, to, to do that and, and win uh, in that fashion uh, with that group, uh, you know, it's always hard with the group they have. They they get the bad luck of running into Miege uh, in that pool and having uh, that Clearwater team you mentioned that's that's playing so well this year. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how Eudora plays as they're clicking here late in the year uh, with uh, Rhea Foltz, Adeline Hemphill, Parker Long, uh a uh, really great group, very well balanced, uh, and uh, just enough depth to to uh, be able to try to stick in there with some of these top teams. But you know, never good to have uh, you know, just drawing straws at who gets stuck in that Bishop Miege pool. And Eudora got the bad luck of being in there with them. 
Yeah, it's definitely a loaded pool when you look at Miege and then Clearwater, Andale, Eudora. I mean, Miege and Andale have gone head-to-head and back and forth. Uh, you know, Andale was a state champion two years ago, first state title in program history. Just, a, you know, a school that their their athletic accomplishments, uh, you know, go without saying this, how much they, they perform in, in, at a high level in every sport, it seems like. Uh, so that's a great pool, and Scott, you know, this is a little bit different Andale team than what we've seen in the past. There's not a Fairchild there uh, leading the way for Andale, but uh, they, they're still doing Andale things. And then Clearwater and Circle and McPherson, uh, you know, three teams out of the ABCTL that uh, that look to make some noise this weekend as well. Yeah, you know, you mentioned all four of those teams, and it just seems like week after week, you know, those t- some some combination of those teams running in, into each other. Uh, it's, the domination is pretty hard to – to establish in that group, but uh, you look here at the finish, well, toward the finish line, and you've got Clearwater uh, with that one seed uh, after Andell's long run uh, atop the uh, Division Four, the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail. Uh, Andell loses nine seniors, and you know one of them being Mackenzie Fairchild, just one of the one of the great athletes that that Kansas has produced. And but Clearwater saw that as an opportunity. They're in the same league as Andell, and and. Uh, Got a new coach this year in Abby Schultz. Abby was a, a all-state setter for Clearwater back in the early 2000s and helped them get to state. and And she inherited a real, you know, inherited the keys to a Ferrari, I would say, in, in some respects. And that team has really performed well. Kenzie McCarter is a great uh, outside hitter, a junior there, and then they have really, uh, really good leaders in Elizabeth Jaden and, and Kaylee Hampton. and And uh, had a chance to see them play on the final night of league play in Andale, against Andale and, and Wichita Collegiate, another, another very good team. Uh, those teams all came in with the same league record. And, and Clearwater, uh, you know, ends Andale's reign atop that league on Andale's home floor by by sweeping those two teams. And, and so they're, you know, a good-sized team, a lot of skill. And what I really noticed about them and was impressed with was just their way their, – their, myriad ways to win points the um you know mccarter's obviously their go-to player but they they are a scrambling team that can keep points alive and that's really the uh you know the thing that i think they take into state that uh, that makes them a, a formidable formidable team now of course they you know they end up end up in that pool with andale and, and miage and, and and eudora and and so it won't be easy to get out of there by any stretch but but uh, yeah andale you you gotta figure what what team could lose nine seniors and still return to state and, and Kaylee Bergkamp's a fantastic coach. And she has, you know, she, you know, with Grace Rowland, a senior and then sophomore Hayden Grimes, two just superb athletes that came back for them. And, and uh, uh, you know, they have 10 losses, but I would still be a little leery, you know, lining up against them uh, in it, you know, state or anywhere, just a, a solid program uh, that, that has uh, performed well again, you know, well enough to get back to, to state this year. And then circle circles, uh, you know, in Division Three, a team with 33 wins and, and two outstanding players, two of their all-time the all-time best in their program. The outside hitter Jacqueline Corcoran, uh, who became the career kills leader at Circle this year, uh, and then Reagan Smith, an outstanding setter, who's uh, became the career assist leader and and uh, is going to go over 2,800 assists at state. So that's a that's a phenomenal number. Shelly Nyberger, the longtime coach there at Circle, won over 900 games. And they have made some noise here in, in recent tournaments. So, uh, you know, a real chance for, for Circle to, to get back there after finishing third a year ago. And you mentioned McPherson, which missed last year's tournament, but uh, has won 29 games and has a, a uh, you know, Christy Doyle's got a good leader in, in Alex Romero. So that Arc Valley League, Chisholm Trail League, is really solid. Um, and obviously, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a great effort to, to step up and, and uh, end Miege's reign. 
Yeah, the ABCTL definitely uh, had a ton of quality teams, even some that didn't make it to state. And then I'll give a shout-out to Holton. Uh, you know, they went into sub-state play as the number nine seed in the East region and uh, and then had a three-setter with Parsons in their first match. And, you know, on the on the brink of maybe getting a one-and-done exit out of sub-state, but they win that match, and then they sweep top-seeded Rock Creek in straight sets. And a uh, little personal uh, personal note for me, my, my niece plays on that team, so kind of cool to, for her to finish her career uh, going out with a state burst. So I'll give Cora Miller a little shout out uh, as she uh, finishes up her career there at Holton. So, uh, you know, sometimes we get a little personal cool. here with our, uh, with our coverage. Uh, you know, we, we, we missed, uh, missed get, reaching, getting uh, Scott's kids when they competed <laughs> in high school at Andover, but uh, you know, we can, we can show some love to uh, just some of those that we know out there best. So uh, good luck to those in class four, <laughs> class three, a will also be at the Hutchinson sports arena. They'll kick things off on Friday morning. Uh, your number one seed out there is Beloit at 37 and two. Number two seed Neodache at 36 and three. Number three seed Cheney 35 and four. Number four seed is Olathe Heritage Christian 34 and four. They're two-time defending 3A state champions and have won three straight state titles overall going into this one. Smoky Valley the five seed at 29 and 11. Silver Lake the six seed 28 and 11. Seven seed Riverton 25 and 10. And the eight seed is Goodland at 23 and 15. And you know, kind of like uh, you know, 5A starts and ends with uh, St. James Aquinas. 4A kind of starts with Bishop Miege. 3A really, it's it's can anybody touch Heritage Christian? Nobody's been able to the past couple years. Uh, they've just been on a on a great roll with a with a senior class that's just been outstanding. Rachel Van Gorp and and Cy Ray Campbell, two seniors for Heritage Christian who have just been absolute studs for them uh, all four years, and a big reason why you know they've won three state titles and and are looking to maybe get their fourth straight this year. Uh, Van Gorp, uh, tremendous just overall athlete. She was a state track champion in a couple events last spring. Um, has one of the best volleyball players in the state uh, and is just a, an incredible hitter and Cyrae Campbell compliments her along the front line uh, you know Heritage Christian is one of those teams that goes out and they they play a brutal schedule I mean they take on anybody and everybody that they possibly can and uh, they're not a, not afraid you know they they play in the in the Call Valley Conference so they don't get tested as much within their league play so when they when they get non-league action they're lining up the who's who uh, who's out there in the state they've taken on St. James and Aquinas and and schools like that and 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 done done very well. Three of their three of their four losses are state tournament teams. The other ones to out of state team. Uh, and so you, when you look at the Lake the Heritage Christian, I think they're the team to beat. Uh, but let's see who. Who's, who's out there that could possibly knock them off? Uh, you know, Beloit has just an outstanding duo in, in Addison Budke and Miley Brown. Uh, Addison Budke is right now the, the current active leader in kills in the state, uh, is is well over 2,000 already for her career. She's just a junior. I mean, she's, she's going to get up there in that rare air territory where she could maybe threaten to get to 3,000 career kills, which is unheard of in, in this state for sure with as many matches as there are. Allowed to play, so Beloit have, definitely has the one-two punch that is capable to get it done. They they won their sub-state where they had Nemaha Central, which was runner-up in state last year. Uh, they were they were ranked number three. Beloit was ranked number two in the KBA rankings. They had to play in the sub-state finals, 
and Beloit swept them pretty handily. So Beloit's a team out there. I think that that has a chance of getting things done. Um, you never bet against Silver Lake at a state tournament. They're a program that when they're at state, they're usually a contender. Uh, you know, they've kind of had some ups and downs this year, but at 28 and 11, I think they're a dangerous team there in the sixth seed. And I like their pool, uh, with, uh, them, Neodache, Cheney and Riverton. But, uh, you know, Neodache's had a great year, Scott, overcoming some adversity. And then Cheney's one of those, those programs. That's always a factor in, in class three, a, uh, under Sarah Walcott. Yeah, you go back to Neo Deshaies and 36 wins each of the last two seasons. So, so uh, Coach Jody Stover's really got the blue streaks on a on a solid run. Uh, you know, and they did have some turnover. They lost a really good player last year, and Kristen Stover, uh, one of Jody's daughters, and and then in, at the end of last summer, her other daughter Sam uh, tore an ACL in, a, in an MAYB tournament here in Wichita. So uh, Neo Deshaies was knocking on the door this season, uh, looking at at uh, basically not having a primary setter, and that's where. Uh, still returned to, to a sophomore, Kimmy Combs, who'd never played uh, setter before and said, hey, we need you, kid. And, and uh, the only problem with Combs is she was coming back from an ACL injury from her freshman year and hadn't even been cleared to play as of as of early August. So, uh, you know, it was a potentially turmoil, you know, the turmoil situation there at the Odeche, but uh, Combs uh, kind of had some reservations about taking the role, but got in there, got through the growing pains and, and uh has really uh, it's worked out very well for Neo Deshea and and they've got a uh, you know even after losing Kristen Stover they've got a good uh, go-to player in Prayer Roebuck one of the great names and on the uh, maybe the all-state all-name team for for volleyball this year Prayer uh, Junior has has been a good uh, outside hitter and, and secondary setter for them and and uh, really has emerged as a team leader so and we'll see Neo Deshea sitting in the two seed and and. Uh, um, we'll see. They're they're they've only made two state appearances, have yet to crack through with even one win in pool play. So that's the the challenge for Neo Deshaies to get over that that hump of of hey we're there now let's do something and and so that's where they sit. And and you mentioned Cheney and and uh, has anybody had a better year than Sarah Walkup? Uh, their their longtime coach. She gets them back to state. I think for the seventh time in eight years and gets uh, career victory number five hundred. Uh, oh, oh! By the way, and also inducted in the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame, new former great player at Wichita State, and and uh, so she's had a pretty good year, and she's got a really good senior in Alex Bittner, who uh, kind of leads the leads the way for for Cheney, and that is just a, a you know a very solid program year after year. Uh, ran into Heritage Christian in the semifinals, and that's where the dream ended for them last year. So so they've got that hurdle to, to try to clear, but but a, a very good program. And then, you know, the other one from the Wichita area, uh, Smoky Valley, uh, is back in there making their fourth straight trip and uh, has 11 losses sitting there at the five seed, but uh, two dynamite seniors who who are probably some of the best that have ever put on the Viking uniform, outside hitter Hope Duncan and, and their setter Adrian Hazelwood. So those two, you know, obviously would be playing with a, a lot of emotion here down the stretch. And, and uh, so, the, you know, Wichita area has got some candidates, but uh, you're right, Heritage Christian, until proven otherwise, is, is, is certainly the favorite. You know, and Ricky uh, Goodland uh, sitting there at the eighth seed, for them to get back to the state tournament this year is, is quite an accomplishment given the senior class that they graduated from a year ago. Yeah, I mean, that tells me that they really got their culture going well there. Um, we, I mean, I think that has to be one of the most talented senior classes they've had probably in, in any sport. When you talk about Telexa Weeder and Lindsey Cure and Olivia Lehman, uh, to lose that group. And then, 
uh, and then really struggle out the gate. I mean, I talked to Coach Angie Brumbaugh, and you know they were they were really struggling in the month of September. But she had told the girls early, you know, we have the pieces. It's just going to take some time to figure things out. And then the performance that they put together at Substate in Hoisington, I was I thought that was pretty incredible. I mean, they they had one tight set with Colby to open that to open that tournament and then after that i mean they won every set by at least six points uh beat a really good hoisington team beat holcomb in the final so uh yeah i mean I, it's 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 kind of crazy i mean they lost that big senior class and they had they just had a good group of seniors right behind them that maybe didn't get the notoriety of the other girls but were ready to kind of step up and lead and yeah they're i think they're they could be a dangerous team yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, you see that often where you have this senior class that everybody pins their hopes and dreams on and, and they go through and, and they're like, and people are like, okay, that, that class is gone. Now what's going to happen? And then you see the next class kind of step up and kind of take that challenge and, and maybe use it as fuel and, and rise to the occasion more times than not. And so, uh, yeah, definitely an impressive year for sure. Scott, I think we just need to get to Neo Deche, a player, uh, with the last name of Wing, and then they can have a wing and a prayer going into this state tournament and making some history. So, <laughs> uh, so a little little name fun there, but yeah, absolutely uh, one of the all time great names uh, for for state uh, state volleyball. And look, and she's a good basketball player if I remember right too. So I look forward to seeing uh, what she can do in basketball as well. And uh, you know, Class Two A and Class One A Division One will be held down at Dodge City's United Wireless Arena. Uh, 2A will be in the afternoon, 1A Division 1 will be in the morning. We'll start in Class 2A where you have Smith Center, the number one seed at 36-4, and four. Inman, the number two seed, 35-4, and four. Hoxie, the number three seed, 33-4, and four. Hillsboro, the defending champion, four seed, 34-5, and five. Maranatha Christian Academy, five seed at 31-6, and six. Pittsburgh Colgan, uh, 29-11, six seed, Valley Heights, 28-11, the seven seed, and Sedan, the eighth seed at 26 and 12 and you know Hillsboro's the defending champion but wow what a what a pool when you got them and Smith Center who I believe won the year before uh you know you got the two two last two state champions in the same pool going at each other uh Scott we'll start with Hillsboro with them being the defending state champions and and uh you know Sandy Arnold does a great job with that program it's one that's always in contention and she's really got a loaded team this year yeah, you mentioned uh, we well we talked earlier about Andover and Andover Central playing at, at 9:30 a.m. Well, we'll get we'll have uh, Hillsborough and Smith Center at 8:30 p.m. out in Dodge City. So so all day long uh, there there will be good good matchups uh, you know on hand and and Hillsborough has really uh, you know after going 44 and one last year just an outstanding season to to win that state title and then they come back uh, uh, this year and and have two outstanding seniors in Zaleyworth and and Savannah Shahan who kind of lead the way and. Uh, you know, it's a it's a tested team. Uh, you know, they ended up in a in a substate with a one loss Sedgwick team who's who's really tried to crack through in that substate level and wins a lot of games in the regular season and and got to the finals again. And then Hillsborough just slammed the door on them. Uh, you know, really impressive win to get to state. So you know, they have a few more losses than last year. This year at thirty four and five, but certainly a you know a, a loaded team uh, coming into state and, and certainly capable of, of defending that title uh you know down here in the wichita area i think maybe a dark horse i, I if i'm you know I haven't, I haven't come up with a dark horse yet i might give it to inman this year the two tons are are coming in at 35 and four and and 
you know, they fell to Hillsborough in the, in the semifinals last year. So it's, they're not really a total dark horse, but they do have a, a just a, a really good young, uh, young player in Sutton Harris who went over a thousand career kills here during their sophomore year. Uh, so Inman uh, is a team that, that has a, you know, plays a great schedule during the course of the year and, and is very battle tested. And, and uh, so I think, you know, South Central, or the Central Kansas area always produces really good teams, and then Hillsborough and Inman are, are, are back there uh, and certainly capable of getting it done again. Yeah, Ricky, looking at Smith Center there, sitting at the number one seat. Uh, you know, some of the some of these girls were key members of the state title team a couple years ago, and, and uh, you know, Nick Lynn, obviously one of the most successful coaches in state history. It's kind of crazy. There's four coaches in state history that have won 1,000 matches. Three of them will be coaching at state tournaments this season. Uh, Kevin Bordewick in Class 6A, Julie Slater at Lansing in Class 5A, and then Nick Lynn here at Smith Center in Class 4A. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive to have that kind of resume but Smith Center looks like they've got all the pieces to to really make another run at a title this year. Yeah, and it's great to see Nick Lynn back on the sidelines as, as well. Um, you know, he had a really serious uh, health issue during basketball season. He's the basketball coach there, too, girls basketball coach there, too. Um, you know, had to, had to step away from the team, but it's great to see him back. And, yeah, just a, a legendary career for him. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, this core has been together for a while now. I mean, a lot of them were key contributors on their state championship team uh, that won two years ago. And, uh, you know, it, it could be we could get a, a rubber match between them and Hillsboro. Uh, they met in the finals uh, the last two years. Uh, obviously, Hills, Hillsboro got them last year. But, uh, yeah, Smith Center, I mean, uh, they really have the, the senior leadership, I think, to be right there at, at the end again this year. Uh, Cameron Hutchinson's a, a heck of a setter. Uh, Gracie Kirkhoff, great outside hitter. Tinley Wrencher's good. Dakota Cattenberg. I mean, they, they have the pieces, but uh, – yeah, I had. I was just so impressed with Hillsboro last year, the way they they completely dominated that match. So uh, Smith Center is definitely going to have to take take it up a notch if 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 um, you know if that if that would come to fruition again, where they would meet Hillsboro. But uh, yeah, and then a uh, quick shout out to Hoxie. Uh, they're they're back at the state tournament for the first time since 2016. Uh, Kenley Rogers is a is a key player for them that missed the beginning of the year with an injury. Uh, she's come back and played well. Josie Kennedy, Emily uh, Emily Banter. I mean, they just have a, a solid solid core there, and we'll I'll be interested to see if they can make some noise as well. Yeah, a lot of those girls held Toxie to the state basketball tournament a year ago, and uh, certainly a team thirty three and four that that's had a had a great season. You know, they ended a, a, a fairly long state drought, but nothing like Sedan Sedan in, in the state uh, tournament for the first time since nineteen seventy eight. So, uh, you know, mo- almost fifty years, uh, somewhere forty five years that they've uh, haven't been there since. Um, in fact. One of the, I believe it was the coach of that Sedan team in '78 has two granddaughters playing on this year's team that are seniors for Sedan. So shout out to Sedan for ending that long state drought. And Mac, you know Pittsburgh Colgan sitting down there at 29 and 11. They're a team that that has had a lot of success and just kind of hasn't been able to get over that hump uh, and and really challenge for the title. You know they play in a, a really tough league, obviously down there in the CNC that also had Riverton qualifying in 3A. Is, it, is this a team that that can maybe make some noise this week. I, I do like their pool, the way it sets up for them. 
Yeah, I mean, they're a very talented team. They're one that's, uh, you know, we talked about hungry. They are definitely hungry for, for making it past pool play and uh, making it into the, the semifinals because uh, this team, this is their seventh straight trip to state. And uh, except for uh, missing out on state in 2016, uh, they've made it every year for a decade uh, under Coach Oplotnik. And uh, it's... A, a, a team that throughout you know the last decade uh they have a little bit of a sister act going uh there at the catholic school that's a little bit of a pun but uh they have uh three players this year who have sisters who were part of the program over that decade of making it to state um and it, a little bit of a gap for some of them uh senior lauren flood who uh, is uh, one of the uh, top players on the team, second in kills uh, this year. Uh, her sister, Caitlin, uh, played on the team uh, a decade ago, uh, was uh, part of the start of that uh, long run uh, of state appearances. Uh, and then uh, over the last couple of years, uh, you had uh, Delaney Meek, practically just swapped number 21 jerseys with her older sister, Anna. Uh, Anna graduated in 2020, uh, and Delaney uh, a year later ends up uh, being part of the team and is making this run. Uh, Caroline Imhoff uh, w- played sparingly as a freshman uh, the same year that her sister Emily was a senior. Uh, so they've had this group, and you know, in talking with – uh, Coach O about uh, you know just that tradition, but part of that tradition is these sisters. They all want to be better than their older sister, and uh, there's one way for them to accomplish that that is you know pretty clear is make it on through pool play because of all that success. Uh, their sisters in that program didn't accomplish that all they got to do uh is make it through and 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 they want it and they have uh a a very talented team uh to do it they've started to uh play really strong uh late in the season uh one of their few uh you know losses that weren't to bigger class schools uh one was Jayhawk Lynn which they didn't get to face them in the sub-state final. Uh, Lynn got knocked off in the, the sub-state semis to Erie, but they uh, beat them in uh, Colgan's uh, home tournament to end the regular season. Uh, so they got that revenge there. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the next one uh, for them to possibly get it, uh, Maranatha Academy in the other side, uh, in the other pool, uh, they could potentially face them. The only way they're going to be able to get that uh, revenge is to for both teams to to make it on through. And uh, Golgan, you know, they they wanted bad enough. They got they got the the horses. Uh, we'll just have to see. History is not on their side, but uh, few things are stronger than wanting to be better than your older siblings. So uh, I'm willing to put some faith in that being a, a strong factor in Golgan breaking through for the first time. All right. Well, that's the that's the class two A field and class one A division one. I said again, it will be a, in the morning eight thirty start for them. Top seed is South Gray at thirty eight and one. Number two seed Little River, the defending state champion at thirty seven and two. Number three seed is Spearville twenty nine and eight. 
four seed Centralia, one of the all-time state powers in volleyball, 29 and 12 is the four seed. Five seed is Wichita Central Christian, making the program's first ever state appearance, 26 and 12. Six seed Clifton Clyde, 24 and 15. Seven seed Olpe, 20 and 17. And the eight seed is Atwood Rollins County at 19 and 18. And, you know, there's only two one-loss teams in the in the state that are left, and one of them was Andover Central in Class 5A. Ricky South Gray in 38 and 1 in Class 1A. Just a tremendous year down there for the Rebels. Yeah, and I'm I'm really looking forward to watching that team play. Uh, I went and saw Spearville play in the Kinsley sub substate, and I was really impressed with what with what Spearville did and being able to get a tough tough win over St. John in the final. Um, and St. and uh, South Cray beat Spearville four times this year. So I mean, to me, that speaks volumes about how good they are. Um, the fact that they play such a tough schedule in the in the league and and they've been able to just keep finding ways to rack up victories. Um, you know, it's a really cool story. I think it's their only, uh, only their second state state appearance in program history. Uh, the other came a few years ago in 2018. But um, you know, they just they just seem like they have uh, you know a good complement of weapons there. Uh, Kaylee Moyer's a really good uh, senior setter. Uh, v V Helm and uh, Allie Reed are both good hitters. Uh, Jason Hughescamp's a good libero. Lakin Goosen's another good. Lakin Gosson's another good, good hitter. Um, you know that I I'm just really excited to see that see that team play. But I do I do think it's going to be a, a really really competitive close tournament. Um, Spearville, man, I was just like I've said, I was just so impressed with with what I saw out of them. They have uh, three really good tall power hitters uh, you know at the at the front of the net and uh, Michaela Hubble uh, Micaiah Cleason and uh, Mackenzie Preisner all three of those girls uh, just just played really really well in the in the substate final final against St. John so uh, you know that and coach Thompson's done a, a, a heck of a job with that program um, I think this is her 12th season. They've been to the state 10 times. They won it a, a couple of years ago, I believe, in, in 2021. Um, so they're they're going to be a, a, a really tough out as well. Yeah, Spearville, your champion in, in 2021, beating Pretty Prairie in the finals there. And then your defending champion at 1A is uh, Little River, 37-2. and two. And both their losses came on the same weekend. Uh, kind of a kind of a little hiccup out at Lions Invitational. They they dropped uh, Southeast Saline and and another and uh, Ellsworth at that 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 tournament. But you know, it's Little River again, kind of like some of these other teams we talked. Just so balanced. Elena X, she was the 1A Division One Player of the Year last year. She's back as a senior. Uh, Aubrey Olander, Ashley Stevenson. That gives them three powerful hitters. And then Haven o Havana Olander, uh, the sophomore who was a state triple jump champion last year as a freshman in, in track. You know, she's another hitter. And then Kate Elwood, their setter. Little River just has a ton of weapons and a ton of pieces. And and I think the title will go through them. But that's a that's a tough draw they got with Spearville in their pool and then Clifton Clyde coming out of the tough 
Twin Valley League. You know, that, I think Clifford Clyde might have finished fourth in the in the league tournament, and they finished, you know, maybe fourth or fifth in the regular season standings. But that league is just so deep. Uh, four teams from that league are in the state tournament. When you look at Valley Heights in Class 2A, Clifton Clyde and Centralia both in 1A Division One, and then Hanover, the power down in 1A Division Two. They were the league uh, regular season champs. Valley Heights was the league tournament champs. But uh, Clifton Clyde's had a great year with the Wirtz girls, Shea and Sevy Wirtz leading them. Uh, Olpe's a traditional power, uh, may not have some of the power they, they've had in the past and kind of overshadowed a little bit by Lebo in their league, but Olpe's had a solid season. But Scott, let's talk a little bit about Wichita Central Christian. You know, this is a school that's only been open six years and uh, they've been kind of waiting to see what sport they were going to break through and get some state uh, state qualifying bursts in. We had a few individuals in bowling a few, a few, few years ago, but uh, they get their first team berth in state, in state uh, volleyball this year. Yeah, well, actually, as athletic director Tyler Boosness pointed out to me on the phone yesterday, they, the the volleyball team is the second because their girls cross country team snuck in about three hours earlier and and uh, finished fourth at their at their regional cross country meet that got them into the one a uh, the one a state meet there. So uh, officially, you know, you you tip the cap to the girls cross country team, but but uh, the volleyball team isn't going to give give back their uh, accomplishment either. They went into to uh, Tiny Roselia and, and knocked off last year's uh, 1A Division One runner-up Flint Hills. Uh, Flint Hills had really put it on them earlier in the season, beat them badly, and and uh, uh, then uh, I guess Coach Jennifer uh, uh, McCurdy told me after after a loss to to uh, Little River and Gossel in a triangular, they needed to make some changes and kind of went to more of a quick setting. Uh, you know, got got away from the high ball hitting and went to quick setting and. And hasn't lost since. They they won six straight, and they they go through and and stun Flint Hills and uh, you know a Flint Hills team that finished I think thirty six and two. Uh, they give them their second loss after losing to them badly. So a really a great you know not just getting the first state berth uh, for Wichita Central Christian Academy, but but really knocking off a team that had had their number uh, earlier in the year, and and uh, they're led by. Uh, Coach McCurdy's daughter, Jay, is a, a really good sophomore. It's a young team. They've got seven sophomores, one senior, and, and one junior. Uh, but a, a nice accomplishment for the Lions. They're getting ready to go into the Heart America League next year. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they maybe planned on this being the, the year for something to, to, to break through, but they've got it now. So they're building a little momentum for when they, uh, you know, kind of ramp up their, their schedule here in the next year, uh, you know, playing against the good Heart of America League teams. Yeah, that'll be a big step up uh, for sure for Wichita Central Christian, but a great accomplishment. And like you said, they're young, and uh, you never know. You get a little bit of youth and and a little bit of, uh, you know, just – naivety about the uh, about the whole situation and they could come in and really make some noise and and not be if they're not overwhelmed by the uh, by the environment you know their team that obviously is has kind of found themselves a little bit and so uh, and Ricky and Atwood also uh, you know getting back to state uh, you know that they're a nice story up there in northwest Kansas yeah another definitely another nice story um, you know they'll have their work cut out for them as the as the number as the number eight seed but uh a heck of a job in, in getting to uh and getting to state again. Um yeah, yeah, you know, key player they got a, a lot of key players, uh, you know, so that'll be their sixth uh, state appearance uh um and first since two thousand twenty one. Um, you know, they had they have a pretty good tradition. They got a pair of runner up state finishes as well. Um 
a really good, really good win against uh, St. Francis in Substate. St. Francis had a, had a really nice season, so so to, to be able to knock them off uh, uh, says a lot about uh, about a lot about Atwood and uh, you know Abby Abby Mysick, uh ha- having a really good year with 265 kills and uh, and uh, Tate and Dewey also at, uh, just over 205 kills. So they they'll have some weapons, and we'll see if they can uh, and you know, have a pretty good showing at the, at the state tournament as well. All right. Then our last uh, state tournament, uh, Class 1A Division 2, will be held at Emporia's Wide Auditorium. Lebo is your defending state champion there, and they're the number one seed this year at 36-2. and two. Number two seed is Beloit St. John's at 35-3. and three. Number three, Argonia, 38-4. and four. Number four seed is Hanover. They were state champions two straight years before taking second to Lebo last year at 32-6. and six. Uh, Wheatland Grinnell, 33-7. and seven. Uh, Sharon Springs, Wallace County, sixth seed at 26-14. and 14. McPherson, Elyria Christian, the seventh seed at 23-15. and 15. And Buckland, the eighth seed at 24-18. and 18. And, you know, Lebo is is just on a roll of some really good athletes. They had a really uh, successful basketball season last the past couple years. Uh, they've been volleyball. They've been runner-up two straight years before finally breaking through, getting the program's first state title. And Gina Peak has a really nice squad this year. Her daughter, uh, Aubrey Preeks, a senior who's been a four-year starter, uh, is one of their top hitters. Sage Hadley, a junior, has been a three-year starter and is their leading kill hitter this year. Abby Jones, their setter. And they just got a lot of, about a nice comp, Nice complimentary pieces around them. They lost Brooklyn Jones off last year's state title team, but look every bit as powerful as they've been. Uh, you know, one of their losses came to Fredonia, and the other one, I believe, was to the Northeast Kansas uh, Homeschool Nighthawks, which is a very strong uh, volleyball program. Uh, really uh, good one around here. Beats a lot of teams, uh, Class 1A, 2A, 3A. So their losses, quality losses this year. I, I think Lebo's got the firepower. They're in the same Pool play as same pool as as Hanover, which they've met in the finals each of the last two seasons. Uh, Hanover lost some of their you know normal names that we're used to seeing uh, Keegan Atkins and a couple others, but they've really reloaded and uh, and have a night had a nice year with uh, Caden Shotty and Tessa Lozzi being their senior leaders, and then they've got some younger Bruna girls. Surprise, Bruna girls, Brunas from Hanover uh, have come on and really uh, really bolstered their roster. So Hanover is a team that I think can make some noise. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Lebo Hanover both make it to the semifinals and then make it to meet each other in the championship match. But there's going to have some teams out there with some things to say. You know, Wheatland Grinnell is a very historic program at the state level. And Beloit St. John's also from your area, Ricky. Those two programs, I think, have a chance to make some noise this weekend as well. Yeah, starting with uh, Beloit St. John's, uh, you know, Coach Coach Stacy Perez told me they were really disappointed in how they and how they closed out the state tournament last year. They made it to the second day, to into the semifinals, um, but then got beat by Hanover and Attica. And she said it just it just kind of left a sour taste in their in their mouth because they didn't play they didn't think they played well that second day. Uh, this year they've been one of the most consistent teams in one AD two. I think only three losses and uh, to do it. The first month of the season without Carly Brummer, who's who's one of their key weapons, um, you know, and to, to 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 keep having success without her, and then when she when she got back, I mean, she just started, you know, filling up the stat sheet uh, quite a bit. I think she's over two hundred some kills, and and then and that's despite missing the first month of the season. But uh, you know, they just seem like they have weapons all around uh, the. The Gingler Gang, I think, as Brent called them, uh, in the in the capsules. Aubrey Gingler, Jenna Gingler, Linnell Gingler, Kendra Gingler, 
they're they're all key weapons for them. Um, Gianna Hornex and another key weapon for them. So um, yeah, I think they I think they're a team that definitely could do could do a lot of damage. And then uh, you mentioned uh, Wheatland Grinnell. Uh, Coach Shannon Foster always does such a good job with them. I mean, they they seem like they're they're in the state tournament, uh, you know, pretty frequently, um, and they've had they've had a lot of success here recently. But uh, Caroline Schroeder uh, has had a really really good year for them. She's she's a really powerful hitter. She'll be she'll be tough to contend with, and that's that. Yeah, that's a team that I I would not want to sit to meet uh, early in pool play because I think they are I think they are really dangerous. Yeah, Elyria Christian uh, had a nice year. You know, they're in the same league as Little River, so they've seen some high-level competition all year. Buckland's in the same league with South Gray and Spearville, so they've also seen uh, seen quality competition, so State won't be new to them. And then Argonia, you know, they're in, they were in the league with uh, Flint Hills and Sedan. Who, uh, Flint Hills didn't qualify, Sedan did. But, uh, you know, the, the, some some new faces, uh, whether they can crack that that established crew or not, uh, will, will remain to be seen. But congratulations to all those teams that have qualified qualified for state volleyball and we'll now turn our attention to state cross country which will be held this weekend we'll have classes 6a 5a and 3a in rimrock farm in lawrence and then class 4a 2a and 1a in Wamigo Country Club and starting class 6A, um, 6A girls, Olathe West, the defending state champion, Angela Hawker Singh, uh, this returning state individual champion and uh, you know I think we could see some of the same old, same old in that respect, Mac. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Olathe West uh, for the uh, girls' side uh, has is just – they don't lose. They have won uh, nearly every event for, you know, uh, three years now. Um, so until you can see somebody that can uh, – actually knock them off uh just pencil them in uh you know this is a year where uh they they come back after graduating a, a couple key uh runners and and Karis Robinson and and Paige Baker and uh that really you know doesn't slow them down at all uh as you look at their team uh just uh, you know having that depth and having without you know uh always having a uh runner that's you know in that top pack last year was uh you know Karis Robinson I think finishing third um you know that sometimes you, they have Bree Newport make it up into that group and even when they don't it doesn't matter because uh that top uh you know four to six runners for them uh is always so close together uh and so close to the front uh that they're able to to beat out uh some some other uh top teams uh, it, it was interesting though, looking, uh, at the, uh, regional scores though, Olathe North actually put together a really, uh, great meet there where it wasn't just, uh, Hawker Singh, but they got, uh, you know, her at number one and then they got the five, six and seven. Uh, so they were trying to pull, uh, the Olathe West routine there, uh, and they, uh, finished in second place, uh, just seven points behind them. That's probably the closest I've seen, uh, definitely this year, but, uh, in I any of the, the, uh, last couple years, uh, having a team that's, uh, been able to have 
not only that top runner and Hawker Singh lead the way, uh, but also to have the rest of that pack. If they can duplicate that effort, uh, I think they were just uh, their top five was maybe a, a second behind uh, on the the average for that race. If they could do that, they could get themselves into that conversation, definitely for a team trophy. Uh, but you know, may, maybe they could give Olathe West a run for their money. Uh, but I've also seen Olathe West where uh, as soon as somebody tries to get close to them. Uh, they'll be ready uh, on state, to, and that'll just be another thing pushing them to uh, keep building on this uh, dynastic run that they've had. Uh, for Hawker Singh, it'll be interesting because uh, I think it's uh, she's actually second uh, for top time uh, this year uh, behind Washburn Earl's Peyton Fink uh, for for six A. Uh, of course, uh, she. Uh, Fink finished with a 17.33. Hawker Singh finished with a 17.41 out of Olathe Twilight. Uh, I know Hawker Singh, uh, after last cross-country season, uh, in one of the uh, uh, national races, uh, she hit her PR at uh, 17.11, I think, somewhere close to that. Uh, and she always seems to, you know, even through the different injuries she's had over the last couple of years, she always finds a way to stay ahead of whoever's in front of her, uh, you know, whoever's out there that's going to, you know, uh, try to try to push her a little bit further. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Peyton Fink can outrun her or if that'll just be somebody that pushes Hawker Singh to uh, really push her time down there at Rimrock. Um Looking at the the boys' side, uh, I think in terms of the team race, it's kind of wide open. Uh, you know, you could look at Gardner Edgerton, Free State, uh, Olathe East. Uh, uh, right on the outside of that pack is Shawnee Mission North, and their lead runner, uh, Micah Blomker. Uh, he's right now the the front runner to to win the ra- the boys' race, and that'll be uh, a you know great moment if he's able to pull that off because of uh the different back and forth he's had uh with his finishes out at state uh started as a a freshman uh with a a uh you know great finish uh as a sophomore you know uh, gets that uh state title and then last year as a uh runner-up behind shawnee mission east wyatt houghton uh you know he's just kind of had uh, those close, uh, you know, two runner-ups and a, and a state title. And, uh, you know, he wants more than anything to close out his high school running career with that second state title. Uh, and, and right now he's, he's in position to, to do it. So, uh, for 6A, those are kind of the, the, the top ones to watch for. And yeah, it could be a, a little bit of the, the same old, but there's just enough, uh, really talented challengers to uh you know make it very interesting when we get there on saturday yeah i think i'll throw in one of those uh mac I, it's uh it, we talked about last uh, during girls golf kensley jones from mays moving up from 5a to 6a mays has a really good runner moving up from 5a to 6 6a in the boys side and caleb glazer who uh was kind of an interesting story last year it was his first year competing uh, uh in cross country never run a cross country race before 
uh, and really, really burst onto the scene down here in the South Central Kansas area and, and finished, went on to finish second in 5A. Uh, he moves up to 6A this year. And, and I don't, his times are definitely a little farther behind uh, Blomkers this year. But, but uh, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things you don't know what you don't know. But we know a little bit more about Glazer this year. And, and uh, it'll be real intriguing to see how he competes. Uh, at the 6A state, he he defended his titles in the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail and or and, and in the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail League this year, and then also won a regional title. So he comes in uh, with some momentum to maybe challenge Blomker as well. Yeah, and then another one I'll throw in uh, Manhattan's Lucas Holdren. You know, he was a guy that fought to to get limited varsity time a year ago, and this year he's just had an absolutely outstanding season uh, for Manhattan. He's somebody that we'll see if he can uh, can continue to rise to the occasion, but he's had a tremendous senior year. And then on the girls' side, you know, Mac talked about Peyton Fink of Washburn Rural has had a great year. Uh, actually was their top runner last year in the postseason. Uh, Madeline Carter had been really their, their go-to top runner. Uh, she didn't perform as well as Peyton did last year, a year at, at State. Uh, Peyton came back, had a really nice year. And she's battled uh, Lorna Ray Pierce from Junction City in the Centennial League all year long. Those two have kind of gone back and forth, and, and Lorna Ray's really put together a strong season for Junction City's girls. So those are two girls that uh, I'll throw in the mix as, as potential potential candidates here to maybe go out and end and, uh, Hawker Singh's reign in Class 6A. But, you know, you know, it's one of those deals where until somebody can go ahead and beat them, uh, they're going to be their favorite. And then turning to 5A, I think we, uh, we definitely know who the favorite in 5A girls will be but I think the 5A girls field is very good and very deep uh but it starts with uh with Scott Caitlin Roop uh you know she, she gave up tennis this year to focus solely on uh on cross country and it looks like it's paid off and she's definitely the person to beat in 5A this year yeah just an outstanding first year you know she didn't run as a freshman uh and then came back and did both uh cross country and tennis as a sophomore turns her focus exclusively to cross country this year and and has had the results you would expect. I mean, she's she's on her way to being one of the all-time greats in 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 the state, and uh, is still unbeaten on the cross country uh, on the cross country courses. Hasn't lost yet. And really, what's interesting is now her her primary competition, uh, or at least a line, some of it, uh, comes from her own teammate and Kaylee Schultz, who's a, an outstanding freshman. Uh, has finished second to to Roop in seven in set in in all seven of Roop well Roop's each of them won their own race at, at Heston in their own uh, grades but but uh, the other seven races it's been Roop one Schultz two and Kaylee uh, went to the same middle school as Caitlin uh, Caitlin established all the records of the eight hundred the sixteen hundred and thirty two hundred uh, and Kaylee Schultz came along and 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 broke those records and so. Uh, it's been interesting that I, I talked to Kaylee yesterday a little bit uh, about that uh, about that relationship and 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 so obviously Caitlin sets has set the bar for for Kaylee and uh, you know uh, Kaylee was able to to get her name on on the boards in middle school and right now she's she's kind of learning that or walking that fine line she'd love to win but she understands the the concept that that finishing second to Caitlin Roop is probably equivalent to finishing first about anywhere else just because she has that that great teammate to run with every day and to train with and I think she's really benefited from that uh you know that that prospect of a one-two finish for Salina Central they those are the only the Mustangs only two girls competitors at state uh, that prospect is out there. I don't think it's a, a slam dunk. Um, I think Siemens Ryan Miller. Uh, you can talk a little bit more about Brent. Uh, uh, certainly could could throw a wrench into those plans. But uh, 
you know, for, for at least this is the first of two seasons where, where Roop and, and Schultz will run together as teammates and they have a chance to, to really cap, uh, cap this season off with something special. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tremendous talents, both of them. And Ryan Miller, yeah, definitely somebody that, that can throw her name in the mix. You know, uh, she actually at the start of the year, early in the season, she went out and posted a, uh, you know, a 724-1724 that at the time was the best time in the state. Uh, you know, Roop ended up overtaking her. But uh, Miller, for for the start of the season at least, was the was the pace setter in, in Kansas this year with the fastest time. And, and she's she's been dominant in, in a lot of her races uh, with really nobody to challenge so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what she does when she does have uh, somebody that can go out there and, and run with her early she likes to break away from the pack pretty quickly and and I know she won't be breaking away from Roop and and Schultz and and probably Tara, Taylor Baringer from Cape and Mount Carmel and some others but uh, you know it'll be interesting to see she's she's had a couple losses this year lost to Lorna Ray uh, Pierce from Junction City uh, early in the season and then finished behind I think her and Fink maybe both uh, at, in or later on in the season. So, you know, Ryan Miller will be somebody that can definitely challenge in class five, a on the girls side. And then, uh, on the boys side, you know, I've, I've had Jackson Esquibel from Shawnee Heights. Who's just had, uh, unbelievable season. You know, he, he had never won a cross country race coming into this season. Um, and then broke through in state track last year, won the five, a 3,200 and narrowly lost the, uh, the 1600 title, uh, on at state track a year ago. And he said that just shot his confidence up. And this year he's only lost one race. Uh, he won his division at the uh, Rimrock classic in Lawrence. So that, that prestigious race, uh, has won everything, but one race this season where he finished second to Blomker at a race. So, uh, Jackson, Jackson Esquibel from Shawnee Heights has got the fastest time in Class 5A with a 15-16-70. That's about 16 seconds ahead of Daniel Enriquez from Cape and Mount Carmel. And then you got some Blue Valley Southwest and St. James guys that can probably throw their name in the mix as well uh, with Canyon Bueller and Crew Bueller from Blue Valley Southwest. Mac, uh, are those those twin brothers? Or are they twins or are they just brothers? Uh, what do they have? They're, they're just brothers, but they're the coach's kids, and they uh... – have definitely come through for them. They came through last year to help them uh, deliver a state title to Blue Valley Southwest. And uh, they have so many of the uh, competitors from last year back that uh, they've been a favorite pretty much the whole season. I don't think it changes for them to try to uh, win a a second straight. Uh, You know, I think – for so many years it was Aquinas kind of out in front and Aquinas doesn't quite have that team uh, this year on the, uh, the boys side they had. Uh, so it'll be extremely interesting to, to, to see that group. And then you mentioned uh, St. James, Michael Bianco uh, is not too far behind the Bueller boys uh, for their top times on the year. Of course, those were all late the twilight times. Uh, so uh, in terms of what their, their top times are, but they, they've ran so well in, in so many other events uh, that they'll definitely be in that mix for, for uh, you know, top, top five, top 10 runners, uh, out at Rimrock. Um, and then, you know, to just quickly point back at the, on the, on the girl side, cause, uh, you mentioned St. James and, and, and the St. James girls team, uh, you know, is in a position where they look to have a really great chance, uh, to, to try to, uh, win their second straight as well. Uh, they, they, 
it was a little sad to have the the regionals break down uh, in a way where St. James was not with uh, Aquinas and, and Blue Valley Southwest uh, to kind of see how those all uh, shaped up. Uh, but St. James won their regional, Aquinas won theirs, and they're really close together uh, in that team race. And, and I'd say between those two and then uh, Great Bend is one that's probably uh, right there in that mix. But, uh, you know, uh, Katie Price for St. James uh, got a, a slower start to the uh, year uh but she's doing great uh you know i i think the the big thing probably for st james is uh they started the year without quinn hayes uh running with the varsity team she had a car accident in the summer that kept her uh you know uh, out of commission for a bit and then uh when she got back they they wanted to uh you know, play it safe with her and have her run JV. Uh, but her times are starting to get back to where they were uh, when she was a, a you know an all state runner last year. Uh, she's on the, just outside of the top ten for top times this year. Uh, but she's she's getting close to that nineteen minute mark. And if she can have uh, one of her better days and get it closer to what she was doing last year, I think it's uh, St. James is pretty would be the favorite to uh, win the, the girls' title once again. And I'll jump in real quick and talk about Great Bend. Uh, Mac mentioned them. They've, they've had a really nice season. Um, the thing with them is they just have such great depth. Um, they pretty much, you know, after Roop and, and Schultz won that, went 1-2 in that regional. After that, it was pretty much all Great Bend. Uh, they take the third spot, fourth spot, or third, excuse me, third spot, fifth spot, sixth spot, seventh spot, eighth spot. So, uh, you know, being able to put five in, in the top ten, you know, speaks to speaks to how deep they are. And, um, you know, I think they've been ranked they've been ranked uh, number one in the, in the Kansas Cross Country Association Coaches Association rankings. And I, I think if they can uh, if they can all, uh, you know, lump together and, and finish, you know, and finish up there and pack in there up top, I think they might have a good chance to win the team title. Yeah, that'd be quite an accomplishment for Great Ben for sure. Turning our attention to 4A, which will be held at Wamigo. Uh, from an individual standpoint, Scott, uh, is this a is this a potential for a circle sweep? Yeah, I would say there's a good chance that uh, circle. You know, if, they, if maybe not a double winner, they they definitely will be high on the podium. Uh, you know, Blake Logan has had a outstanding season for circle on the boys' side, and and, and then Brett Jacobson. Uh, was kind of an intriguing runner going into state last year, and, and it, it just kind of thing kind of broke down for her during that uh, that state run at Walmigo, and and I am sure she has been carrying that with her uh, for the better part of a year. Uh, they've been they've been up there, uh, you know, near the top of of it virtually every race this season, and uh, uh, you know certainly uh, have a chance to make some noise individually in four A. Um, you know, on the individual side, I think, and on the team side. Uh, you know, get over to the boys. And last year, Wamigo and Bueller just had an outstanding duel. To, uh, you know, Wamigo able to to snap uh, Bueller's run uh, a top four a. And but I think you know Bueller right now comes in number one in the coaches poll. And and uh, you know really, I, I would say has come in with an event with with a vengeance. You know, they the last at their regional last week, uh, they end up with five of the top six runners. Uh, seven of the top nine, so I think that's a that's an incredible statement uh, made by the Crusaders, and they've got uh, a couple seniors, Lane, uh, Lane Whistler and Caden Lawrence, who are who kind of lead the way there, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see if if Bueller can uh, you know 
after having to, to play second fiddle for a year, uh, if they can get back on top. Yeah, Mac, uh, Eudora, the defending champion on the girls' side, and it looks like they've got uh, the potential to to uh, get it done again. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, if there's anybody who could uh, potentially uh, give Brett Jacobson a, a run for money as the uh, winner of the race, it's uh, Hannah Keltner for Eudora. Uh, she's, uh, you know, just been... Uh, phenomenal and as they uh, Eudora uh, you know as good as they were last year uh, you know I think it wasn't until towards the end that Keltner was uh, maybe starting to push past Sydney Owens uh, and and both of those runners back and and now it's been kind of Keltner leading the way throughout this year Um, and you know she's there's probably a I think on the top times about a 14 second gap Uh, again though uh, Brad Jacobson's top time was a Olathe Twilight time, uh, and so you got to kind of account for that a little bit. But you know, it should be an amazing, uh, you know, finish there uh, in that 4A girls race, and you know, you add in the the, the rest of what Eudora has uh, in that group: uh, Addison Williams, Addison Metcalf, uh, Jayla Erpelding. Uh, you know, they, they have the depth as well as having Keltner and Owens being capable of getting themselves, you know, definitely into that top five, uh, you know, of the race. So really, really great group. And then, you know, they've been so good that it don't get enough time to, uh, you know, throw love uh, toward their Frontier League rival Baldwin because uh, the Baldwin girls team led by Ireland Kennedy uh, has been pretty great, too. Um, and, and Kennedy will be definitely a name to watch to, to see if she can push herself into that top five group. Uh, her best time was the Baldwin Invitational in 1939 this year. So uh, a lot of great talent, not just from Eudora, but from all of the Frontier League runners in that girls race. Yeah, and Baldwin actually ranked number one in the final coaches poll uh, just ahead of Eudora. So, you know, we've got uh, these league rivals that have kind of gone back and forth the past few years. Baldwin, obviously, one of the most historic uh, cross-country programs in the state, and they're definitely probably hungry to get back on top, especially since it's a rival team from their uh, from their own league that's been uh, been ruling the roost here lately. So we'll uh, we'll see how that team, sh- team race shakes out. Wamigo boys definitely uh, – Definitely will be in the hunt. They've had a solid year despite losing a very good senior class off last year's state championship team. But Peyton Parker has been a really strong front runner for the Red Raiders this year. And so I think Wamigo, uh, you know, they're on their home course. And you never can discount a team when they when they get their home course and, the you know, the the place that they love to run and know, know the course so well. But, you know, Bueller's been there enough. They know that course well. It's not quite their home course, but they're pretty comfortable on there. So should be a great boys team race. And then going down to... 3A, you know, those two boys teams in Class 3A, Wichita Trinity and Southeast Saline, I mean, you're talking about if the, if one of them wasn't there, the other one would be on such a tremendous run right now that it would be just, I mean, just silly to watch, kind of like Shawnee Mission Northwest back in the day uh, when they just absolutely ruled Class 6A. But, you know, Southeast Saline has had just an awesome season. I believe they went 1, 2, 3, 4 individually at regionals. Braden Walker has been undefeated this year. Uh, when 
And you kind of thought it was going to be his teammate, the Allen, Levi Allen, as maybe their top runner this year. He kind of started off the year banged up. Braden Walker stepped up and has just been a dominant force. Uh, he won the three, uh, the 4A race at the Wamigo Invitational earlier this year. Uh, you know, Southeast Saline, their 3A. But for that race, they always step up and run against the 4A schools. And, and Walker went out and won that race and with his brother, Caden. And then uh, yeah, Levi Allen also right there. I mean, Southeast Saline has got the horses, but I think Trinity maybe just has a couple more horses and the thoroughbred of, of, of them all. <laughs> yeah, what I mean, just what a great rivalry. I mean, you talk about uh, rivalries, most of your rivalries you think of in basketball or football, but those two those two schools have just really built something, uh, you know, and just keep reloading. And, and uh, a lot of underclassmen came back this year for both teams and, and uh, you know certainly with Wichita Trinity, you start start with Clay Shively, and he he threw down the huge run at the Olathe Twilight. That's that's going to go down as a state record. Then went up and won the big race in Minnesota. Uh, he's a gamer. I mean, when when the when the when the lights are brightest, he seems to to really turn it on. And and he's got a great uh, complimentary cast in in Sam Ferguson and Caleb Toflin and Jacob Hobson. All four of those guys finished in the top ten last year in the three A race and and are back again and uh they were they they led trinity to a to an easy uh regional victory but the interesting thing and i will throw this one in is the the winner of that race at the wichita trinity regional last year or last week was uh wichita collegiate's will meyer and will was a top five finisher at state last year and and meyer is uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of him for our for our state preview and just really wanted to talk to him uh, he he beat Shively by by less than a second to uh, to win the the individual race at, at, in regional and and uh, you know you could say okay maybe that's an anomaly but he also beat Shively at the season opening JK Gold uh, Classic uh, so he's got two victories against Shively and I don't know I mean maybe if Clay flips the switch it, it it'll be no contest but but I certainly uh, give Will Meyer some some credit for what he's done this year and, and who knows how that'll play out. Uh, uh, Rimrock, but uh, uh, certainly Wichita Trinity will will go back as the favorite to win win the boys' title. And and uh, you know, would you expect anything less than a great performance from from uh, from, from Clay Shively in his final uh, high school cross country race? I don't think so. I mean, I think uh, it, Myers had a great season and had a, had a couple of nice wins, but I think when it comes down to it, uh, I, I'm guessing that that Clay will say, uh, uh, "Not today, son. This is this is mine, and and you can you can try next year and and and, and get it next year." And then, you know, on the on, there's some other great runners out there. Uh, Lakota Downs from Council Groves had a had a great career. Uh, probably hasn't been as good this year as as he has been in past. Uh, didn't win the Flint Hills League title for the first time this year, but he's come on strong here late in the season. He's got somebody that's always kind of been in the in that mix. Um, we'll have a good year. Uh, Hunter Bailey from West Franklin, another strong uh, three runner, and then like I said, all the all the Southeast Saline guys are 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 there that's going to be uh, just fun to watch. They they run in a pack, and and uh, we'll see if they can maybe rise to the occasion and and make uh, make Trinity sweat out winning another state title and on the girls side southeast sling girls are ranked number one um really don't have that front running dominant dominant runner like they've had in the past with gentry alderson but what they do have is just a lot of solid runners that run in a pack and so uh you know southeast saline is probably going to be the overwhelming favorite to win that 3a title uh, norton's had a great year cheney wichita trinity or some other teams that could that could jump up and challenge but you know southeast saline and their balance and, and depth is really what what kind of 
set them apart and make them the favorite. And individually, uh, Bree Allen from Prairie View, uh, the defending state champion. We saw her win uh, three state t- three state titles at state track last spring. She's really come on and, and established herself as one of the top small school runners in the state. She actually has the second fastest time in 3A this year behind Emily Hine who ran a, a really fast one up at the Olathe Twilight. Breeze came at Rimrock. So I'll, I'll go ahead and put a little bit more stock in what Bree did at, at Rimrock. Uh, and, and that's where she'll run her state meet. Class 3A held at Rimrock as 4A is hosted Wabo Amigo. So they, they run there. But 3A will be held at Rimrock. But uh, Bree Allen, uh, can anybody come out and touch her in, in Class 3A? Uh, Scott, maybe Hine or Ashley Lehman from Heston. Uh, Ricky Norton, what did they have to uh, maybe challenge? Southeast Celine for the team title and Emma Collins individually. Yeah, and then uh, looking at the the title, the team title race, I think uh, you know Norton Norton may be a dark horse, but if they if they uh, you know continue this this late season momentum that they've had, I mean that they might have a shot. Uh, Emma Collins is a, a freshman who's had a really outstanding year. Uh, she took it. She took fourth at regionals. Uh, Mackenzie Clydesdale was fifth at regionals. Savannah Runback. So they're a, they're another team that has good depth. And who knows? I mean, if things break their way, maybe maybe they can challenge Southeast Saline for that title. Okay, now I'll just touch on Layman real quick, and and she had a great and outstanding run at state last year and finished second, uh, but but ran against Allen in the regional, and uh, you know it was Allen wins it by over thirty seconds, so that that certainly uh, kind of gives you an idea that that Bree is still kind of the class of the operation there, but uh, yeah, Lehman, you can look for Layman to have a high finish again, and she had an outstanding freshman year and and has has proven she's you know not going any no no sophomore slump anyway, but. But it's going to be an awful, awful tough challenge to to knock off Bree. Right, that's Class Three A, and then Class Two A and One A will also be over in Rimrock with, or not Rimrock, Wamigo with Class uh, Class Four A, and Class Two A. We've been, you know, accustomed to really just talking about Chesney Peterson and and everybody else, and there's no Chesney Peterson this year, but we might have Chesney Peterson 2.0, Ricky, and in, in Madison Howland, a Smith Center, a freshman who's come in and really kind of taken Class Two A by storm this season. Yeah, I just remember that first meet of the season at TMP. You know, all of a sudden there's this girl coming, go, go, you know, beating everybody, and I, I, I didn't know who she was, and I found out real quickly that she's the she's the real deal. Um, she's, I think she, she, I think she only had lost one race this year, and that was a, a second place at I think at, at Rimrock, but she's. Uh, Madison Howland is the is definitely the real deal for for Smith Center and uh, yeah I think she ran her best time at, at regionals and uh, I, I'll just be interested to see you know what she does you know what kind of outing she has you know when it when it matters most I, I from what I've seen so far she's a heck of a competitor and I really think I really think she has a, a really good chance to win a, win two A girls yeah Scott a couple. Potential challengers for her come from down in your area. Faith Eckert from Sterling, Rose Buck from Eureka. Buck was a state placer last year. You know they were three A. Now they they dropped down to class two A. So she's going to kind of be in a in a little different state setting coming from uh, running at Rimrock last year to Wamigo this year. Uh, you know those two are kind of right there in those low nineteens. And and Madison's best time is an eighteen fifty eight. So you know if they put it together and Madison has a you know leaves an opening, those two are definitely somebody that can challenge her for a title 
Yeah, and then and then Buck comes off a of victory at the at the regional down in Southeast Kansas. So so she brings a lot of momentum into into that race as well. So yeah, some intriguing new faces there uh, in the the two A girls. And you know, we, it's just hard. It's it's going to be interesting to think about or try to think about two A girls without Chesney Peterson uh, and John and Stanton County. Uh, you know, kind of dominating that. Uh, you kind of wonder who's the heir apparent. And and last year. Remington finished second as a team and, and uh, to, to Stanton County, and uh, they come in number one ranked in Class 2A for the state meet. And uh, maybe not a superstar there uh, on, on the Remington side, but they have a good, a really good sophomore in Chelsea Willer who's kind of led the way for them this year, uh, a good senior leader in Ava Kloss. And so, uh, you know, is, is Remington the team that's going to inherit that 2A crown? Uh, they would be favored, I would think, just because of the depth. Uh, like I said, not an outstanding, maybe not a, a real strong, super strong anchor, but they do, uh, they are pretty solid, uh, kind of one through six. So I uh, would look for the Broncos to, to maybe have a good day uh, here on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, individually, we, we kind of assumed the heir apparent would be Wabunsee's Peyton Works. She finished runner up to Chesney each of the last two years as a, as a freshman and sophomore. And we thought, well, it's going to be Peyton's kind of, you know, she's going to be the, the one in class 2A that maybe everybody's going to have to go through to win. And uh, and this year, Peyton's not had uh, not had the year she's she really kind of thought she'd had. She, right in their time trials leading into the season, uh, I talked to her yesterday and she, she, uh, that she just made her own mistake. She ran ran the time trials without socks on in her spikes and just wore the heels of both both her heels, just wore the skin down so raw that she basically had to miss a whole month trying to recuperate and let that 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 part of her body heal. So, you know, missing a month in cross country and if you, if your heels are bad and you can't wear shoes, you can't really go out and run and, and stay uh stay in that kind of shape. So she's kind of been working herself back into into getting in prime shape, but she's put some extra effort into it. And she says she really feels good coming in this this year. Now, uh, you know, she ran her best this year is in 1955, which is almost a minute slower than Howland's best. But you know, if, if Wirtz is anything like she's been at state the last two years, uh, she's going to have something to say in this race before it's all said and done. Uh, you know, the forecast looks really awful for this weekend. It looks rainy and cold, and to to uh to words and talking to her that looks like a beautiful beach day for her she says she loves running in the rain loves running in the cold and so you know maybe the elements will play to her favor and might uh you know might not play into others so we'll we'll see what peyton has but uh, i'll have a little feature on her with our state cross-country storylines and we'll see if she can assume that title that we kind of thought she would would take at the beginning of this season and be the one that uh that really kind of stepped up and and uh and took that mantle that Chesney has held for so long and then you know on the boys side from my area Central Heights has just had a great season uh they're ranked number one in boys they won a state championship a few years ago uh they've got a great couple front runners and Cody Hammond who has just obliterated uh the school records this year he lowered it and then really lowered it again at the Osage City Invite which Kind of may, may have had a like a Olathe Twilight feel in terms of the way the course was set up because almost all, all these top times that you see from some of these people are Osage City invites. So that was a super quick race that day. I don't know if the wind was blowing like 80 miles an hour and they had the tailwind the whole way or what, but a lot of fast times at that Osage City meet. But Cody Hammonds had a great year. Connor Burkdahl and Owen Miller are his teammates that have really kind of been on his heels all year. And so Central Heights boys really, uh, really have a chance to go out and do something special. Your leader this year 
year uh, in, in uh, Class 2A has been Andrew Schumacher from Kansas City Christian. He ran a really quick time up at the Olathe Twilight, a 15-12, which is, is 38 seconds ahead of what Hammond's best is. And then his teammate, Spencer Mumford, uh, 15-55. So those two, the one-two, uh, you know, they got the one-two punch. They just don't have don't have as much to go with them to maybe challenge for a team title. But uh, who else in Class 2A should we be looking at outside of those two uh, top runners? I know El Celine's got a, a nice duo in Carson Forward and Garrison Zenger, and then obviously Meade uh, in 2A this year, Logan Keith. Yeah, mine would be more on the team side with Hutchinson Trinity. Um, you know, probably is maybe a challenger to, to Central Heights. They they don't have the anchor like they had last year in Jonah Godina. He graduated, but they they may be the team of the future, I guess, in 2A. They've got, uh, I think their top five were all sophomores. Uh, John Lindstrom finished third in the regional. Uh, Cameron Kaiser, Jacob Lindstrom, uh, Ambrose Pennycuff. All of them, no allow, all sophomores. So the uh, the Celtics are are uh, you know building a building for a strong future, and right now they set number two on in the in the uh, coaches' rankings. So uh, maybe maybe Saturday won't be their day, but they certainly have a bright future, uh, and and it, and it may start on Saturday. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick and talk about Mead. Uh, Logan Keith has done pretty much everything else in his distance career. When you when you look what he's done on the, the cross country side and the track side, track side, uh, he's got multiple state championships and distance and distance runs on the track side. Uh, cross country side, he's always up there in the and it seems like he's always up there in the top five. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if he can if he can challenge those guys that you mentioned, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count him out. This is his, his, you know, senior year. I know he's going to be fired up and uh, you know, they've got, they've got a, a really strong team behind him as well. So um, I'll also be interested, curious to see if they can, uh, um, if they if they have a good chance to, to win the team race as well. Yeah. Another uh, all name name person there for you, Ambrose down there. That's a, that's a heck of a name too. We got some, you got some good names in your area. Yeah, I, I'm kind of liking these guys. So uh, <laughs> we'll turn our attention and finish off with Class 1A, where your top-ranked teams in 1A boys is Quinter and girls is South Gray. And, Ricky, uh, what do the Quinter boys have that make them so good this year? Uh, just depth. I mean, I've, I've talked about it before. Um, to turn out as many guys as, as they have for such a small program, it's it's just always impressive. Um, you know, obviously they're the the defending title, um, the defending ch- team champ. Uh, just uh, you know, they they just seem like they're always there. Hans Deaton's one of their best runners, but they got they got plenty of guys beside them beside him, and I I think they're. They're um, definitely the favorite uh, for the team race on the boys' side. Yeah, you got a couple individual performers from out there that also will probably factor into the into the title hunt this year. And Nest City's Broxton Gall and and Wallace County's Evan Pierce. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be interested to see who gets the the better of that matchup. Those guys look pretty close together to me. Uh, Gall's obviously had a, a, an impressive career, but so is so is Pierce. So I, I think those those both those guys can definitely factor into the to the in, individual race as well. 
Yeah. Right now, your 1A boys state leader is Caleb Durst of Lebo. Uh, ran a 16-14 at, yep, the Osage City Invite. Um, he's had a strong strong season coming back from a bit of an injury. And then one of the one of the contenders I, I think uh, that is kind of intriguing is Grady Bussing from uh, Axtell. You know, he's somebody that on Friday nights, he's he's playing high school football for Axtell's team that is currently the has the longest winning streak in Kansas. Uh, once Andale got beat, Axtell has, has won uh, – Forty straight game? No, uh, thirty-four straight games now um, is what they they've won. So Bussing, you know, usually plays football on Fridays and then turns around and gets up and runs cross country on on the weekends or maybe on a Thursday night leading into football games. And and he's had a great season. He's ranked number five right now with a seventeen twelve as his best time of the year. And so he's somebody that can certainly uh, throw his name into the mix as a potential contender. Um, you know, Axtell should cruise in its football game uh, here in the first round, so maybe he can get a little rest and be uh, ready to go for the weekend. And then, you know, on the girls' side, uh, I went to that Wamigo Invitational, and and the girl that just jumped off the off the off the charts at me was Ellie McCrory, a freshman from Northern Heights who just went out and absolutely dominated the class three, two, one, a race, uh, at Wamigo. And that's all she's done all year. She hasn't gotten beat this year. She's just been a tremendous freshman. Um, she posted her fastest time at Osage city this year with a 174802, which puts her up, you know, with some of the top runners in the state overall, not just, obviously that leads class one, a by, by, more than a minute and a half over Josie Walter of Colony Crest, who was a state placer last year. But Ellie McCrory had some other fast times this year, and she's been down in the low 18s and, and mid-18s most of the season. And so she just goes out and kind of runs what she's been running all year. I mean, she should really run away with this. But, you know, you never know. Freshman, first meet. But she kind of seems like she's got that mentality that she's going to handle whatever comes her way. And so uh, I look for Ellie McCrory to really be the, the pace setter there. But Colony Crest has a couple nice runners Josie Walter and Peyton Schmidt uh, Laney Rye from Elyria Christian she plays on their volleyball team at state uh, and so she'll be kind of juggling that playing state volleyball on Friday and then maybe having to make a decision what she wants to do Saturday if she wants to run cross country or or stick with the volleyball team if they make it to the second day of state and then you know we can't go without talking about the two-time defending champion uh, from Golden Plains Ricky you know she she's only ranked fifth in in times in 1a this year but you know she's somebody that has obviously persevered through a lot in her career and winning her two state titles and it'd be hard to bet against her not being a factor in the, this year's yeah and I, I just found out today she's been battling injuries that's why that's why she's been you know falling off a little bit but uh if we, there's a one thing we know about Emma Weiner, it's that she's tough as nails. And the, the only proof you need is to go back two years ago when she won a state title with a broken fibula. So, uh, you know, she's, I, I, I'll be interested to see, you know, what, how healthy she is. And if she is healthy, I think I, I would not be surprised if she gets it out and, and is able to go for her third, for get her third state championship. Yeah, injuries, some injuries. She says, "I, I you can be whatever, you know. I, as long as I can walk I, and I can run, I, I, I'll be out there going." And Mac, what about the the two Crest runners? They both had a had nice seasons uh, this year. Josie Walter and Peyton Schmidt. Yeah, and I, I think the the key for them is uh, Josie Walter uh, a little bit uh, slower of a time at regionals uh, was twenty twenty five and was about. Uh, 40 seconds back from from Rife, um, 
she has her top time though was at the Three Rivers League Championship uh, with a 1920. And looking at the rest of the results, it doesn't look like it was just a really fast race. She was the only one that sort of just ran, uh, you know, the race of her life out there. If she can get a, a time that's closer to that versus what she just ran at regionals, uh, you know, she'll definitely be in the mix for, you know, everything but first because uh, McCrory is really running away with that that top spot. But, yeah, if she can be up there and then uh, Peyton Schmidt, uh, a, another uh, crest uh, sophomore that uh, she's, she's – her top time is 1953. Uh, if those two can get themselves into that uh, top mix and then you get, uh, a, you know, a few uh, good finishes from uh, Aubrey Allen uh, or Kaylee Allen, uh, all of a sudden Crest uh, it could get themselves into that conversation for one of the uh, team trophies there. Yeah, and Ricky, uh, you know, what a what a fall it's been for South Gray, you know, class 1A school to to not only have the top seed in the uh, in the 1A Division 1 state volleyball tournament, but they're also ranked number 1 in in cross country in in girls class 1A. I mean, you know, they obviously don't have a whole lot of whole lot of girls to pull from, but what what they've been able to find for both those programs is pretty impressive to to be able to be in that position for both sports. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think last year uh, they they caught they're the defending champs. They won the team title last year, and I think they caught everybody off guard. Uh, I know Scott covered that. I, I think they I don't think they had that many girls. I mean, maybe maybe five girls or, or whatever. But um, they definitely caught some people by surprise this year. Uh, they're not they're not going to catch anybody by surprise. I think I think they're definitely the favorites. Uh, Kylie Stapleton kind of leads the way with them. Uh, she ran a 21 in the in the regional in the uh, in at the regional meet and uh, you know Gwen Gwen Jantz, uh, J C Degas. I mean they 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 just have they just have good depth. So I think uh, yeah, like you said, it's been in, in, incredible for what a what a small school's been able to do. And it's, yeah, it's just been a really great fall for them. And it kind of reminds me of, of Hoxie boys when they had a basketball team at state basketball and yet yeah, we're still completely dominating uh, state wrestling at the same time. You know, when, when a small school can, can dominate in two sports uh, in the same season, that's a, that's pretty impressive stuff. And so that's a rundown for state cross country. Uh, again, 6A, 5A, and 3A will be at Rimrock on Saturday. And then uh, 4A, 3A, or 4A, 2A, and 1A will be in Wamigo. And I believe the first races for both those sites will be at 10 a.m. and then staggered about every half hour after that and so uh, let's pray for some good good drier weather I, I can take the cold but let's let's have dry weather for Mac and I to be out there uh, to uh, to do our thing and and not to not have our camera equipment to be compromised in any way and we can provide some great images from this weekend and then Scott will be at 6a and 5a volleyball Ricky will be at 2a class 1a division one volleyball we'll have stringers at uh, the other two sites for state volleyball to bring you guys all the coverage from this state championship weekend that's coming up this week and we will be back again next week with another uh, 
special episode to recap all the state cross country and state volleyball and look ahead a little bit to football playoffs, which postseason starts tonight um, for many teams across the state, then really gets into it tomorrow night. And then boys soccer will be starting there, has started their regionals uh, this week. And uh, just an update for those who are paying attention, the all-time career gold race is on in full swing. Uh, it's really been good. Uh, May South's Vitor Garamel is on a, on a hot streak. I think he's had at least four goals in his last three games. Uh, so he's at 120, I believe, for, for his career. And then Isaiah Morris got four last night, and that puts him at 121. So uh, it might be who, who can who can make it the longest in this uh, in this postseason. To, is who's going to win this uh, win this scoring battle for the career scoring race? But it's, it's been fun to chart, and then you know we've been posting it on Twitter, and I I've got people daily. Hey, what how does the race stand now? What what's happening? What's going on? And I'm sure that both coaches are a little tired of me bugging them to to stay on top of that, but uh, it's really been fun, kind of kind of watching some some kind of individual accolades go along here with uh, bo as both these teams pursue uh, state championships in those sports as well. So uh, good luck to football and soccer as they uh, could start their postseason. And good luck to volleyball and cross country as they wrap up their seasons with state championships this weekend. And we'll be back with you with another Acacia Covered podcast brought to you by CapFed next week. For Scott Pass, Rick Peterson, and Mac Morris, is Brent Maycock saying thanks for tuning in. 